to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Our movie this week is Cowboys and Aliens. How do you screw that up? It's popping we'll your find DVD. <laughs> popping your DVD. Press play, Stay press tuned. pause. When that Universal logo fades to black, and at the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. In a second, I will say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play. We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. And those friends this week are myself, as always, Tig Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Beardy, Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. Stubbly and Trey the Amazing Stokes. Uh, okay. Okay, he's putting the modifiers after <laughs> yeah. for some so, reason. So you're doing that in, in uh, Spanish, basically, putting yeah. the <laughs> modifiers afterwards. I had, right. an, I had like an exclamation mark on both sides, too. Okay. Anyway, and Trey, Olay. there's Trey. Hey, anyway, yeah. so Cowboys and Aliens came out last year, and it was um, <laughs> remember that? No, no one does. <laughs> What's crazy about LA? It's like this weird little LA bubble that I don't know. All of our non-LA listeners, and they are the majority, don't quite know the way that the marketing in uh, LA, in particular, major cities, but in LA in particular, works because you are like the word inundated. It doesn't get used enough when describing the way that billboards work in Los Angeles. You cannot go anywhere without seeing several billboards for about a year and a half ago, Cowboys and Aliens. It was just fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's always weird when people who don't live here are like, oh, is that coming out? I hadn't heard. I'm like, are, how, are you how serious right possible? now? <laughs> <laughs> how is that possible? Like, people, I swear to God, and it's the same thing, because I, I didn't see any trailers at the time, and I haven't seen a trailer for Savages, but apparently that's a movie. Oh, oh I've seen, the I, hell out I've of seen that, that yeah. trailer more times than I care to. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are seeing more movies than me, man. I've just yeah, been skipping the trailers yeah. lately, but Jesus Christ, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Cowboys and Aliens billboards, and I was looking at it, and I'm looking at the little fine print, you know, the universe ultra condensed looking at who's in there we got some john favreau it sounds good we got harrison ford acting in a movie i'll see it yeah nice. i'll see it and then olivia wilde which is she's my shit she's not for everyone uh, <laughs> yeah. sam yeah. rockwell's we'll in this that. movie sam rockwell i'm like yeah. all right this sounds clancy brown clancy, clancy brown. brown clancy, brown clancy shows brown's up in, in this, this damn thing and of course you know bond and all that stuff but i'm thinking ah that sounds kind of interesting i have no idea Obviously, there's no precedent, but I have no idea what to expect walking into a movie called Cowboys and Aliens, because it could go in about four different directions. And here's the thing. Here's my review. I don't know which direction it went. I, I'm not exactly <laughs> It went sh- off in all directions. I'm not yeah. exactly it jumped sure on its horse and rode which off in one all directions. it did. Um, I know that there were some sequences that I liked a lot, and it was interesting because this is the first time, uh, actually including Crystal Skull, in a long time I've seen Harrison Ford look like he's having an okay time on screen. Uh you know he's he doesn't bring his 1980s game but you know he's at least talking and moving his mouth some and that's that's new good change of pace he's using the growly voice i like it i like the voice oh paul dano is fun in this too and it, paul, it was just like uh, yeah was, ah man this movie one of the many wasted characters i uh, yeah. I, I just saw it for the first time today in preparation walt for this. is in it for like 2 minutes and um, for no particular reason who's walt uh, walt walt goggins i believe is his name from uh, justified is um he was in the shield okay He's, Some guy. He's a great, okay. Goggins, Brian. Great a guy. Goggins made a for made kids. A, made a great uh, made a great short called the uh, the accountant, which was uh, Academy Award nominee. Hmm. So I watched this, and I was I've never had the experience that Trey and and also Mike have talked about, where you're watching a movie and you swear to God you're not. You're like <laughs> you're you're just sitting there and you just forget a movie's happening, and you snap back into it. Yeah, then you go, why, is, I'm a, why am I looking at Harrison Ford? <laughs> why, right. right. why am I sitting here? I found myself <laughs> where uh, am referring I? to the Wikipedia article quite a bit throughout watching it just to keep up with the plot. And um, on the whole, it just it, it didn't strike me. I wasn't invested enough to notice how bad it may have been. All I know is that it... Did it, you even it, see it in the theater? No, I didn't. Yeah, see, I was uh, like the only one who even went to see it in the theater. I did, I, I did too. Yeah, okay, yeah. you did too. Uh, and by the time Harrison the movie Ford's was in over, a movie and we don't even like rush out yeah. you know, as a group to see that. Uh, by the time it was over, I didn't hate it or anything. I just I didn't I didn't notice the movie. It happened really, um, which 
I guess is damning with faint praise for a guy who just came off of the uh, you know Iron Man and had he done Iron Man two by this point? No. Yeah. Well, no, actually, maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's you're right. It's just kind of a forgettable, not awesome movie. I mean, there's a lot to like, but there's a lot you could do with this that wasn't done. Yeah. And I'm left just feeling like meh. Brian, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, I hadn't actually. I was. I remember being excited for it. I love the the genre bending Mad Lib stuff. He's like, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Abraham hey, Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yeah. Uh, Snakes I on want, the plane. I hate, <laughs> Beck, I hate Beck Monotov, but yes, the idea, yeah. of course. So, Cowboys and Aliens, you're, you're sold already, absolutely. Uh, despite that, though, I didn't get around to it until yesterday when we were like, yeah, we're doing this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. oh, I guess I, I finally better watch it. And, yeah, I mean, my, my expectations were calibrated because everybody had talked about what a piece of shit it is and... and Every, but even with that, I couldn't even like find the. Oh, it's not that bad kind of reservoir that sometimes when yeah. people really short sell you on a movie, sometimes you go in afterwards and go, yeah. "Oh well, I was." You guys but, are too hard on. Yeah, it was. No, fun, I had that fun. with Battleship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> e- e- this was that, great. I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, even even with that, I couldn't find those reserves. Um, <laughs> oh, not even you could, for this. You couldn't find anything to kind of glean on there at all. Not well. It's very. It's, he didn't find we had sold it short. I think is what he <laughs> yes. said. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's a you know, it's a very pretty movie. We were not in fact too hard on it. Yes. Um, and what what really disappoints me is is the pedigree of this film is amazing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, even going beyond the cast, we've already mentioned Ford and and Daniel Craig and and so on and so on. Sam Rockwell. And Sam Rockwell. Uh, Favreau directing. Uh, but mo- but even more so, uh, Spielberg and Grazer on board producing. Yeah. And it's like that's. That's some pretty solid uh, uh, pedigree right I there. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah. A, it's imagine it's Brian Grazer as a producer. In Spielberg's so. defense, I said carefully, he <laughs> kind of produces everything now. That's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a producer of IHOP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Spielberg has... He produced Tintin. Enough. He produced... Yeah. yeah. Spielberg's, Spielberg's at the point, and I, I don't... I think we've talked about this before, and I totally don't blame him. If he hears about something that's cool, he's like, me, I want my name on I'm it. I'm producing that. I'm yeah. producing that. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Transform- I've just, <laughs> he he I just Transformers, doesn't yeah. he? He's just a venture capitalist, really. I just, yeah. I just wanted to note. It's true. I, I looked at this. I am now a producer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I gave him some notes, and now I get 1% of the box office. Yeah, exactly. I, li- I live in the same zip code, so therefore I yeah. get points on the back end. Which, I like, if... If I were in his position, I'd be like, I'd totally do the same. Like, that sounds cool. I want my name on it. Yeah. I will produce all of the yeah. movies. <laughs> but even more so, I mean, this was, this was post-Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like, yeah. yeah. It would have so, been more of a letdown if it was post-Iron Man 1. Yeah. yeah was like, wow, Favreau. Well, yeah, bring it, Favreau. Oh, see, I'm what? still not ready to lay Iron Man 2 at Favreau's feet because it's... Nor it's, am I, actually. It's, it's very clearly a lot of, you know, Marvel going, we have to commercial... Yeah. You know, make a commercial Sell the Avengers. Avengers. And that's he clearly wasn't okay with that. That's why he's not doing Iron Man 3. That's how yeah. I felt until I saw Cowboys and Aliens. And yeah. I was like, well, well now. that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's Favreau, the, my God, what happened? That's the disappointing aspect for me is, yeah. you know, okay, I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt on getting fucked by the studio for Iron Man 2, but then you do I this. S- I smell the same thing at work here, though. When you see mm. when you see that many names, that, because you, uh, it's very fashionable this week to bash Damon Lindelof, but he's one of five credited writers it's on true. this thing. Yeah. You know, Orchie and Kurtzman, who write everything, that's the law right now. Right. <laughs> They're in it, and somebody else is in it, too. And you, you, you the, never the, know. The guy who wrote the comic book. I yeah, the two yeah. original guys that, that yeah. hashed it out. Yeah. You, yeah. Never, you never know <laughs> who contributed what when you see a list of credits like that. It's true. Um, Edward Norton anyway. wrote it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Edward Norton is in it, you wrote it. Then there's people who surely wrote this that aren't credited. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like this. If you, if, if they, they to, most likely outnumber the people who are exactly. All if they were at the level where Orchie and Kirschman had a pass at it, and and Lindelof as well, everyone else did too. William Goldman probably wrote some of this thing. For all we know, <laughs> you know, it's like. Kerry <laughs> Fisher probably did punch up on I'm it. sure William Goldman is going to right? join the forum just to say I did not I did not, <laughs> I did not you can't pin that Brian, on Brian say something nice about Cowboys and Aliens it's very pretty it's very pretty I like Olivia Wilde too I think she's very pretty and I just watched <laughs> the episode of the Colbert Report uh, that she was on the other day she was on it yeah like this week or last week but I just watched that today to she seems like a very cool person she was married to a baron that's something she was Baroness Olivia Wilde for a while there that's wild I know ah do. Dorkman, God, I would How'd you feel about this movie here, uh, Michael Dorkman's gone? Um, I, I think it's been pretty much covered because we've kind of <laughs> bounced around a little bit. But yeah, it's it's you you hear a a, a pitch like that, you know. It, uh, I'm the guy in the room. The producer, someone walks in and goes, "Cowboys and aliens." Yes, here's a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, Let's go right I'm now. In. I want my name on that. <laughs> so, um, and then it it goes really well for like the first act until the first alien attack. Um, and, and up through there, I think it's really good. And then from that point on, it just kind of doesn't know what to do yeah, with itself right. that's, anymore. That's when somebody else started writing it, yeah. I think, <laughs> or something happened. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, it starts out really promising, and it's exciting and, and, you know, cool, and then it just kind of gets... I was really surprised kind of by how dull it was. I wasn't I wasn't losing track of the fact that I was watching it in this particular movie, but I I was very aware. I'm like, I don't... I don't feel anything right now. I'm watching. (laughs) I'm watching UFOs chase horses across the prairie, and I don't care. Like what? (laughs) And how do I not care? This (laughs) is awesome. This this should be the most awesome thing, and I don't screw that up. Um. So yeah, I I I mean we're gonna get into it, but that's basically my feeling over the over the course of the movie. I'm like how. Just, just yeah, watching like with my my face and my chin going. How are they fucking this up? I wonder if Cowboys and Aliens is going to put people off of Firefly who haven't seen it yet because they're like, oh, it's like I've seen oh, Cowboys and Aliens. It's a space already. western. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. I tried that shit. Those no, are no. those are bad. Trey, how about Cowboys and Aliens, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I guess we could do it at some point. I, I, I just when I saw this movie, I was like, oh, we have to do this on diff because it yeah. literally it literally has everything that we ever talk about all in one movie. Um, I'm, the thing that bugs me the most about it, it bugged me the first time and it bugged me on rewatching it last night was, you know, that, that nothing, that the aliens don't make any goddamn sense. Yep. Yeah. What they do and how they go about it and what, yep. what's happening with them doesn't make any freaking sense whatsoever. And we'll get into that. Um, and the fact that the plot is this weird sort of, imagine bumping into you again here in Wyoming or wherever the hell they are. Where literally characters like there's a whole bunch of Apaches over there. I'm just going to ride over and talk to them, and then I'm going to ride over here and I'm going to talk to these. You guys wait while you're having a battle with aliens while I ride my horse to where <laughs> this whole other group of people are, right? Wherever that is, and how I find them, we don't even care. And I bring them back, and and meanwhile you ride over here, but then you show up over here again. It's like it's all happening like in someone's backyard physically. Apparently, it just, again that strikes me as indicative of the rewrite syndrome where it's like, yeah, but we need a scene where he goes and does this. It's like, well, when would he have time to do that? How does he even find time to do that? And we are like that. a day away from him. Exactly. <laughs> and the aliens need to do this. It's like, well, but why would they do that? Like, because it'd be a cool scene. Like, okay. Because so. we have that cool scene from the second draft. So we really like that. We yeah, need to we keep, it in. keep that in, but it yeah, makes but no we, sense in this context. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and, and then of course the character has to be redeemed at the end, but we Pick never one. actually redeemed him. 
he's just redeemed at the end, yeah. uh, which is happens with multiple. It's just it's a it's just a mishmash of stuff, and it's like you just. I mean, I wonder, and and no one will ever cop to this until years later. But I wonder if you know these are not stupid people who made this movie. I wonder if they just kind of sat around the desert all day going, "We're making a turd." <laughs> this movie is bullshit, you know. But you know, I'm gonna bank the check and get a good scene out of it, I guess. Or it's whatever. just good to find the upper limit on the uh, financial margin of a coffee and bagels movie because, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it can be pretty high. Anyway, so uh, oh, real, before we start, real quick, you know that thing that we've talked about Trey doing, where he like came over for a year and a half, and every we opened the door and he'd be like Constantine, and we did it. He's been doing that with Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. but just for <laughs> dude, seriously, yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. You're at the point. Oh, there's my mouse. There it is. You're at the point where the Universal logo has faded to black. You still have hope. Three, <laughs> two, one. I'm buzz. And you could in. still turn back. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's going to be spoilers for Cowboys and Aliens in this conversation. There will be. Holy shit! It jumps the shark, right? We'll get there later. <laughs> oh gosh! It jumps the shark. Oh, there's literally magic beans just coming out of everyone's ass. Me- yeah, <laughs> really. Meanwhile, though, actually, we'll say the one thing is I think probably my one misgiving going into this movie was Daniel Craig is a cowboy. Get out. <laughs> Never a problem with that. Never. Nope. nope. Yeah. He nails it. He's, he's Daniel. He's British, right? Yeah. Very. <laughs> he does a pretty good accent. <laughs> he's James Pond. So well, I know that. <laughs> he was also in that Dragon Tattoo movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he was Swedish in that. Yeah. We're the he's not Swedish accent, either. Swedish enough. He's apparently. Well, yeah, but he doesn't. He's good he at has accents. His British accent. In yeah. His he only has about tattoo. four lines, so it's pretty easy to, yeah. to get by. But you know, those Brits—they always do American accents. When your eyes glow in the dark blue, you can only look intense. We're the we're the easy accent to do, though. We are honestly. I mean, you know how you know how for us, like we we can do the thing where we sound like a deaf person talking. And we th- that's what it's like for them to do in American <laughs> exactly. Switch it on. Such you can just switch it on, yeah. Do. Just glue your tongue to the top of your <laughs> mouth and start saying, olo, olo, olo. <laughs> now, I like, this is an odd comment to start off with, but I, you know, I really like the color grading in this movie. Uh, aside from the, when, when it goes into weird Tony Scott domino mode, uh, yep. just what we're looking at here, this look, I think this actually looks more like Indiana Jones than Crystal Skull did in terms of color well, and what well, they've done with the contrast. Because well, they don't push it too far. They're they're very careful, and I think they, they're very good about kind of, yeah, designing it because... He, it's just pretty. It's a good-looking movie. You can tell that... Uh, and, and, I mean, Favreau was, was really promoting the hell out of this, and it was pretty... It was... He did a cool thing that I've never seen done before where he interviewed other people involved with the movie... Like he oh, sat yeah, down and did a series of interviews, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was the interviewer. So he was asking other people about hmm. the movie and the process and how they got involved and stuff like that. And it was it was very cool and very I kind totally of forgot relaxed. those videos, but I saw yeah. and I remember particularly. And you want to check this out? Uh, he did like five two minutes. You know, basically each video was like a one question thing, but he did five or so with Harrison Ford. And it's really interesting because Harrison Ford is open with Favreau in a way that he's not with, say, Letterman. And it's actually kind of interesting to between that and that video from last year where Harrison Ford was playing a video game. That's like the last little beacons of light before it's like Harrison Ford's still alive. He's in there. All you have to <laughs> well, do is give him an electric shock and he'll say something. Well, there was the video of him actually like what sitting down to watch Star Wars for the first time. That was like last year. No, I didn't see that. Holy yeah. shit! Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't actually watch that, but I remember hearing about it for the first time in thirty years, or for the first time ever. Not ever. I'm sure, he's seen it. Surely he's yeah. seen it, right? <laughs> oh my god. Han Solo has well, seen I'm Star sure, Wars. I'm sure he went to the premiere, but I think it was the idea of him sitting down and actually watching the film. Uh, actually, the film. and actually, I was um, I, I was at the Cowboys and Aliens panel at Comic Con, and that was the first time that Harrison Ford had been to Comic Con. He was there for this panel, 
Um, and that was really interesting because, you know, it's Hall H and it's huge and everyone went apeshit. <laughs> and you could just see on his face that he had ne- even even being involved with Star Wars, because I don't think he really, you know, gets involved with that kind of thing. Never had he, that moment before? He had never had that moment before. He was like, what is happening? <laughs> what the fuck? He did this not is why I don't go to conventions. Yeah. It was. It, I think it was a. I think it was an eye-opening moment for him, though, because because he doesn't. You know, he doesn't go to conventions. But suddenly he was like, "Oh, this is a big deal." <laughs> suddenly I understand. <laughs> this man I, who has been at the center of geek culture for yeah. three or four decades now. Yeah, Carrie's been telling me about it for years. I never believed it. Yeah. Now I love this. I love this cold open here. I love they the idea of talk. you know yeah. exterior desert. A man wakes up and has no idea who he is. That strikes me as very western. Sure. Yeah. 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 Plus he's got. Plus he's got a. You know, he's got an alien weird thing on his wrist. Yeah. yeah. It's a, so far so good. It's you, a great beginning. Good it, job, it's, it's a great like. Oh, you know, Lindelof or whoever had this idea in Starbucks. Yeah. I have a great opening scene. Yeah, but I, I really, I really feel like this move because the, I, I read an early draft of this after after it had come out, but I was I was able to read an early draft of this, which is completely different in like every way. Um, is it better? And so uh, it is in some ways. It's it's got a more uh, direct, more through direct line. through line, and it it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But it takes half the script for the aliens to show up and stuff like that. So there are certainly aspects of this that are I better. Think, I think it should. Frankly, I agree. I mean, it's, I think, like, it, it's like we talked about with Alien. It's the alien doesn't show up for a long time in Alien. But you're okay with that because the movie is called Alien, and you know the fucking is, <laughs> yeah, right. is coming eventually. Alone. And it, yeah. well, it was, I'm seeing cowboys. It, it, actually, it also had the issue where it was more uh, it was more Indians and aliens than than cowboys and aliens. Okay. So um, I I can see why they would. Uh, that's racist. Uh, yeah, I should. I was thinking of saying Native American, but I was <laughs> like, but that's not the genre. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about here. Um, and and people were very upset by the portrayal in this movie. Oh, the, uh, of no, no, the, no, no, no. Yeah, the very, the yeah. very kind the of throwback, yeah, right. stereotype. Which I'm like, okay, I totally see where you're coming from. I see why the film did it that way because they're it's being a movie from the time where that was the kind of thing you did in movies. But I see why that's upsetting. Certainly. I feel like, and maybe this, maybe you can speak as to whether or not this was in the draft you read. But I feel like somewhere along the way there was some kind of thematic connection of, oh, this is what we did to the Native Americans, and now this is what the aliens are doing to us. Dramatic irony because they're coming in for the gold, and they're just going to they're coming, they're coming in, they're raping the land. It, it and felt like us somebody, over. some draft had that idea. But yeah. this, this, the final result doesn't, the, doesn't ex- have exactly. To do yeah. with that. The oh, gold is not original. Social commentary is hammered out daily. Yeah. I, I talked to uh, talk, we were talking to a friend of mine when this movie came out, one of the ones who had seen it, and I said, "Do you see cowboys and aliens?" And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Boy." That was just ridiculous, wasn't it? And he goes, I know. He kills three guys and their clothes just happen to fit him. Yeah. And I said, that's what bugged you? <laughs> that's like that's like a movie trope from every movie ever made. That that, that was it. That was that was the thing you couldn't deal with. Was the... And no, that's, that's where I gave up. Trick. Well, he yeah. gave up so early, the rest of it had no chance to offend <laughs> yeah, him, apparently. Really, yes. Once, you, once the bar is set that low. Now, while we're waiting and high. basically looking at your scenery and waiting for Olivia Wilde to show up, because my God. Let's let's have a little conversation about how do you handle a movie like Cowboys and Aliens if you want it to work or at least pass whatever stupid authority we give ourselves. Well, what I what movie what, should you have? What I felt like coming out of this was I see what they're doing and there is a version of this that could work, but part part of part of the issue with this movie and it's not just this movie, a lot of movies nowadays do it is it takes itself so damn seriously and there's an there's an element of of you want to take you want to take seriously what you're doing you don't want to be winking at the camera and stuff like that but like nobody cracks a joke nobody cracks a smile no none of these people are people they're just you know these these archetypes walking back and forth in front of the camera um 
and and part of it is the choice to make this kind of a, a man with no name film where there's him and he's you know very aloof from everyone and stuff like that. I thought that uh, a more interesting version might have been as opposed to do a Clint Eastwood type of western that it's ripping off not ripping off riffing off of um do more of a, like butch and sundance type thing where it's like a, the story of some bandits and stuff like that and they get caught up with the aliens and they have fun chemistry and they're yeah fun to watch. exactly i thought you know a great cold open would be they're in the middle of a if you want to go with the aliens want gold thing you know you cold open on on a bank robbery or a train robbery actually the the original draft was about bandits and they it did open on a train robbery um, and then it all goes wrong because the aliens show up and steal the gold instead. And the rest of the movie, the the characters are like, D- "Fucking what? that <laughs> happened, right?" And then so like you saw them too, yeah, right? For the next half of the movie, they're all like, "I can't believe it," and they've been arrested and stuff like that. And then the aliens Especially show up they and they're like, drunk. "Dude, see." Yeah, if they were drunk on a whiskey in the first scene, so they'd already be kind of funny, and then that happens, they might actually spend the next like couple, maybe. 10 or 15 minutes not being sure that they didn't <laughs> yeah. all just imagine it and some you know it was something else Refusal entirely of the call indeed. exactly yeah exactly so um well, so yeah, yeah i think i think part of it is just there's tone and it's it, not just tone but like there's not no life there's yeah there's no life to it exactly yeah. there's no there's no character that you really are like wow this is i i would just I would watch these people sit down and slug yeah. back whiskey. You know, yeah, there's I, I there's no one like that in this. I, movie. Yeah, I just want to. Ha- I want to spend time with these people, yeah. regardless. Yeah. I would say oh, that I, like I would the preacher. Uh, yeah, I know. And he goes. He's the first to go. So <laughs> for old Clancy. Oh, Clancy. But, um, Everyone watch Carnival. Yeah, and uh, well, he wasn't lost as well. But um, he's a he's a fun dude to work with. I, I I think the tone. I feel. I think for me the tone is okay. It's just that the plot doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and yeah. the characters motivations are muddy most of the time at best and it's and it's like it's just sort of it's just sort of a series of events that lumps along until they agree to let you go home and and, <laughs> and so, so a series can, of unfortunate you're gonna events. let my family go now right yeah exactly okay i watched it i, I can get my uh, car back right i get my driver's license back now and i can leave and and you know because it's like I, tone of this obviously would be you don't want to be too jokey with it and and they're not yeah. and playing it straight i think is the right choice it's just that the the movie itself is just kind of dumb in the way it plays out. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah I think you, it, you can I think play it straight and still have fun. You could do what, right, like sure. Unforgiven or something. And like how do you that. have Sam Rockwell and not have fun? Because yeah. Sam Rockwell's kind of like the downer character of this yeah. thing. He's dude. I ch- cheer up and be Sam Rockwell. I officially hereby challenge Hollywood to put Stanley Tucci and Sam Rockwell in a movie and make it no fun at go. The, yeah. yeah. At the t- at the time I hadn't I hadn't seen it when I was first thinking about it, but now I've said it out loud. I'm like, okay, imagine you're watching Unforgiven and then aliens show up. Isn't that the best movie ever? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been that, that would yeah, have been great. I mean, it's basically and I think yeah, I think my issue with it is the fact that these these this movie and I think a lot of movies today are just they're too convoluted. They're not simplicity is a lost virtue in in storytelling at the moment i feel it's like it's a series of events it's not people are sh- are not paying enough mind to the very simple uh c- construction of a story and here's a guy here's a problem he's got to overcome it he does or he right. doesn't and it's just go with that and make that as direct of a line as you can and build, make the movie as simple well, as you can based off of that because otherwise it is a just a collection of Things that happen that aren't really connected in any way that sort of <laughs> but you can it speak it away. Yeah, two hours. But you can wait, just Paul add, Dano. Yeah. yeah, but you can have a very simple story that I I'm, my uh, I mean we were talking about it beforehand and not to date this podcast th- this episode too much but I would say Brave 
the the new Pixar movie is a very simple story, but has the same problem where it's just a series of events one yeah. after the other, and they don't tie together. Why so is that's this happening. That's the bigger problem is that people have forgotten the the aspect of a through line <laughs> where it's yeah. like, right there's got to be a reason that you're showing me this after this after this they've, they've forgotten that movies are one <laughs> yeah. story and not a collection of and scenes. here's a case in point right here also something else is about to happen at some point where suddenly olivia wilde will suddenly appear in the movie like a magic trick oh and Don't when just- she did even watching it the first time in theaters i go i yeah. leaned to the person next to me and i went she's an alien yeah, I, it's I, like what? It's, it's like they inserted it in the movie, and I was like, "Gah!" Because yeah, because it's like this. Th- there seems to be this predilection that Olivia Wilde is attractive somehow, and <laughs> that is so, so dude. That is so completely untrue. Oh, but yeah. I think I, but I think I've cracked the code because this movie is the only thing I, I think I've ever seen her in, and she is shot so unattractively. Because rule number one, filmmakers, anyone listening to the sound of my voice, do not shoot Olivia Wilde full front. With no framing lighting. She's a, square. She's a giant jaw in a dress. There's, <laughs> okay, one, there's, okay. there's one shot where she looks good, and it's because they've got raking lighting on her, and they're shooting her from an oblique angle. I'm like, oh, she looks pretty like that. There you go. There See, you now, go. Here, now, here's my thing. Uh, I think Olivia Wilde is beautiful, and Trey thinks she looks like a praying mantis, and later civilizations will find out we were both right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all in how you shoot her, and that's so true for a lot well, of people. Well, when the mantis people come, and it becomes <laughs> normalized. Exactly, and they will say, this is the new standard of beauty. Well, well, when, the, when human beings evolve into giant mantises. Yes. But the first of many things, talking about setting up things She'll that, eat that you, after mating. You, f- you forget you pay off. They have this Some extensive, guys are into that. extensive sequence where we set up Paul Dano, a character clearly in need of redemption. Yeah, and yeah. or death. What either either result is fine. Yeah, growth or something. Growth or death. That's that's what this character is all about. Um, neither of which happens. And then and then he's abducted and disappears. He's, for abducted, the rest of the he's movie. not in the entire movie. And at the end, having done nothing <laughs> and achieved nothing and changed in no way whatsoever, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be happy that he and his dad have reconciled when his dad is a bit of a shit too. <laughs> well, speaking like, of Dano in particular, I've seen him in a couple movies and I, I always like him and I think he's actually a, a really talented actor because. Oh, done very different stuff i've just never seen him turn on the charismatic like this and it's he's like oh my god he's a fun guy to watch that's cool he's he's one of my favorite characters to watch in this scene in particular uh in the whole movie and there's a and there's a thing here that, ah yeah she is. <laughs> so she is appearing in the movie um and she, she's, wearing a, she's wearing a dress <laughs> and a gun belt which is like you think people go um that's not how women dress alien person <laughs> yeah. right. uh you might want to change your outfit but there's a i feel like there was a draft where this got lost in translation so to speak because Dollarhide, the you know the uh, the Harrison Ford character has this semi-adopted Indian son, who is truly devoted to him and is obviously the better person, who dies, mm-hmm. and I feel like there was a subplot in there somewhere that got gutted yeah. or changed. It's like you know because I can think of like so many other ways that might have been more successful to resolve that whole thing. It's well, like, it seems Dollarhide is like moving heaven and earth to save his worthless piece of shit son right. and learns to appreciate his adopted Indian son instead. Yeah. Or Dollarhide is unredeemable and he dies, but his two sons together, the the natural and the adopted, they're the ones who decide to forge a new town at the right. end. You know, there's all kinds of ways to go with and that. his that adopted son could even shine a little light on the fact that his people have felt this sort of betrayal from the white man, and then he can understand with a little bit more depth yeah, what's going on with like aliens. It, it felt like there was some story there, but but none of these things are resolved satisfactorily. The perfectly nice adopted Indian son, after being the mouthpiece for, you know, he's better person than you think, and, and he, he gets a lot of sad things he has to say. And then, <laughs> and then he dies, and he gets to go, but you're, I love you, and you're, you know, you were always a great father to me. And it's like, wow, you, you really didn't get... 
any reward for being a virtuous person yeah. whatsoever. I, I'm which which is great if you're doing that on purpose. I mean, that's a great like nihilistic. Yeah, existential. if you're, you're do, making that kind of movie, then and sure. You're making that kind of movie with a hundred million dollars. More power to you. But I don't think they were doing that no. on purpose. I'm 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 the person on the couch who has not re- revisited this or visited this in the last twenty four hours. I completely forgot that character even existed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, the and so and so did I until I rewatched yeah. it. Here comes the UFOs. Yep, Three, sort of. Two, one, unshamo. There he goes. Boom. Now, great, uh, great shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you know, why would you? I guess he didn't why want do to get you... his shirt wet. I was just thinking about why he didn't just go into the river and shit into it. No, yeah. Well, he was. He was. He was squatting above it. And he I was know, but you know, just hop in the water, man. No, no, there's, he didn't want to get wet. Yeah, but there's nothing better than taking. Then, a shit Then you don't in know pool. where it's going to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it could there's come back at you. Nothing better than taking a shit in a pool. <laughs> I, there's nothing worse than that blowback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We there's, got a floater. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better than. Yeah. Apparently, there's nothing better than taking a shit in a pool. There's nothing worse than in a jacuzzi. With the oh god, yes. it comes oh, back yeah. to haunt you because yeah. then it's everywhere. It's like Marley and Marley. <laughs> it's everywhere, man. <laughs> Your shit takes it, shakes his chains at you. <laughs> <laughs> I wear, I wear the chain. What the hell is that? Oh, oh, oh! This was not the conversation I expected <laughs> yeah. coming into this movie. And we're waiting for aliens. And here's yeah. Keith Carradine, who also is completely wasted in this movie. Oh, Can but I he's great it? when he's here. Yeah, he's here, but. Uh, there's a thing I think that they were trying to do or somebody in some draft was trying to do who then watched this movie and said, oh, they totally kept the setup and got rid of the payoff to it. <laughs> um, this whole idea of the magical light ball that makes you, you know, that erases your memory. I felt like some somebody's draft was about how every character kind of gets a reboot at the end where you were a shit, but now you don't remember that you were such a shit. Right. right. And now you can be a good person. And then collectively the whole town gets the, the reboot at the end. Exactly. The yeah. whole town becomes better. But Sheriff Sheriff Carradine goes right back to being Sheriff Carradine. He's you know, he's like, Yeah, well, back to normal now. Yeah. So it it, it doesn't really if that's what they were trying to say, they're not paying that off or, or indicating that. Um but it's true about, you know, it's kind of what they're doing with Daniel Craig, where Daniel Craig, like, doesn't remember that he's a, you know, a cussed mule-killing outlaw. You know, he's like... <laughs> I forgot I'd, cussed. I need to use cussed yeah, more. Cussed needs to come back, I think. We're going to try and make it come back. So, again, it's like, there's so many ideas where I feel like somebody had an idea, and somebody else did a rewrite where they didn't like that idea, or forgot to use that idea, or... Stuck it in another idea in its place. I'm only get, getting paid past thirty. Exactly, <laughs> past thirty pages. So, so it's just a, it's starting a, there. The way these it's a big old mess. These screenwriting projects, and it was the same thing we talked about this a bit in Crystal Skull, which is also a good commentary. Listen to Crystal Skull and Unforgiven for related commentaries to this episode. But we talked <laughs> about it uh, because it, it pops up majorly in that movie, where you have multiple writers coming onto a project over multiple iterations, uh, and this has been in development since '97, and it was apparently allegedly written in 94 by another guy who sued them, but whatever. Uh, at least 10 years of people thinking, I want to do a movie like this, and many more people being involved. What ends up <coughs> happening is it's like, it's sort of those, you know those games that you can play where you're trying to like connect a line from the bottom left of the screen to the top right, and you're just kind of rotating pieces until you get a, a line through it. It's like getting halfway into the middle of a level and then handing it over to someone else, and they don't know what you're going for. So they might actually get there, but they didn't notice that there's a good like three or four blocks worth of a perfect little tube that goes nowhere now because you, they they were doing theirs and they forgot to pay off that one. See, even that analogy if you'd handed that off halfway through, I'd have had no idea what to do with it. <laughs> well, I could have said the same so. thing for like building a gazebo without giving the schematics to the guy yeah. who's taking over or something, but it just strikes me. It's the kind of thing where you forget to finish off everyone else's things or remove them. So they just sit there sort of half-cocked 
like the, you know, there's a million things like that in Indiana Jones. But for instance, the motorcycle that Shia has for a minute there that he really cares right. about, you never or, see it again. Or Blanchett's psychic powers. Blanchett's psychic power. I mean, in the same thing here, where you have a bunch of like, that looks that's that's a thousand monkeys in a room kind of thing where it's like that's so close to actually being a thing it must have been it's like when you move into a new house and there's that light switch on the wall that doesn't seem to turn any lights on like what is this for the day before you move out you learn that it turns off the hose or something yeah exactly or as the old Stephen Wright joke I got a letter from a guy in Germany going knock it off <laughs> yeah I think that's the, the the fundamental issue though is that nobody's I feel like you know the people working today don't really understand the the concept of a movie is a singular unit. It is a collection of multiple scenes. It's like okay, we'll take these scenes from this draft and those scenes from this. Draft. But no, a story is a singular entity, a one thing, and it has to be a self-contained system within itself. Although, although we, you know, we have to be fair in terms of the process of shooting. A lot of time, it, it could be that they even shot a version where that stuff made sense, and then they were like, "Oh shit, this isn't working. We have to do another scene where this." And they shot that yeah. later, but that other stuff was already shot, so they had to try and like shoehorn in which, an explanation and also leading into the other thing. Which absolutely happens. Stuff like that. Which absolutely happens. And I was struck by that had exactly that thought that thought that comes up a little later. It's after the alien first alien attack when they ride out to confront the aliens and, and get their people back, where Olivia Wilde. Um, Daniel Craig goes off by himself. Olivia Wilde follows her on a horse, uh-huh. and they have they have an encounter where you know he, she he goes stop following me, and then cut to her back in town uh-huh. riding out with everyone else, <laughs> and it's just that smacks of we need uh, him and Olivia Wilde to have a second encounter before blah 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 or whatever because it just geographically doesn't make any damn sense that she you know that she would go all the way where he's going, but then go all the way back to town in but, time to leave with everyone else. Right. Not to mention the fact that the scene itself, that if it is, you know, I'm, I'm surmising that it was a, we need to add a scene, yada, yada. Um, it doesn't make any sense because it takes, I think it's three times. We already had the first. The, the, the horseback scene is the second. It may even be a third or fourth where she says at one point, he goes, why do you know all this or whatever? And she goes, I can't tell you. There's no reason she can't tell him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She could have told him from the get-go, you've got an alien thing on your arm. Come with me. You, we're going to blast our way into the spaceship. We're going to kill them all. Come on. Let's go right now. Right. I have no reason not to tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm not waiting for January 3rd or anything like that. <laughs> I can't tell you until the third act. <laughs> exactly. And someone pointed this out about... Um, and then I think they used Lost as the as the archetype. So again, it's like a, you know Lindelof. But um, someone said a pet peeve about television shows, you know, episodic television shows with the lengthy arcs where they're having some mystery that they're drawing out. Where if a character goes, "But why is this happening?" and the other character goes, "You'll find out." Yeah, it's like, no, just fucking tell me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no reason you can't say the answer to me right now, other than the fact that we're going to commercial. So this movie has a lot of that, where it's like. Why can't you tell me that you're an alien too and here you know exactly how to kill them the thing on my wrist is how we'll do it let's just do that and and for some reason she doesn't think you know she has to hide that from him for a lengthy period of time right she for whatever reason she feels like she has to ride along with him for a certain <laughs> period of time up until some random point where then it becomes okay, but nothing happens that not say, actually changes the situation. Listen up, everybody. Right. I've got a grip on this whole situation, <laughs> and I know exactly what needs to be done. Yeah. She's like fucking R2-D2. He could have stopped everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you imagine R2 would have? I don't know. Beep at someone. 
<laughs> with his rocket pack or whatever the hell. He's probably got like a thousand things in there that we haven't even seen in the prequels that he never uses because he's an asshole. He's actually got a little guy in there that he puts out on a stick. Like, yeah, exactly. Here's what's going on. Brings it back in. It's a hand puppet. Yeah, that talks. <laughs> How come your hand puppet can talk and you can't talk? Yeah. Can't tell you. <laughs> You'll find out. You'll find, find out. out. Just some shitty ass Syphilinoli puppet comes yeah. out of R2-D2. <laughs> yeah. Listen, here's the deal. Okay. So here's uh, Harrison Ford just, yeah. man, chewing that scenery. Yeah. I, I was being a real bad guy. I'll take it. I love it. I I I, I did think that. I, I was like, wow, he is just he's, he's now. going way over the top, but he certainly appears to be enjoying himself. <laughs> so Yeah, and at this point I just want Harrison Ford to have fun in movies again. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly. all I want. I want Harrison Ford to be happy really badly. Harrison Ford has yet in addition to the muddied relationship resolution with his real son versus his Indian son, he also has another surrogate son, the really young kid. Right. That he, you want this knife? You right, know, and he's right, like giving right. him, like, a man with his knife. giving him like fatherly advice and stuff. And it's like, how many surrogate sons do you need, man? I mean, <laughs> I just, how come you have this whole series of subplots, none of which resolve yeah. into anything it's, worthwhile? It's fascinating that he's this awful, like, he. He he keeps becoming this father figure when he's a terrible father. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> it doesn't pay off. That could be. That that could, w- maybe that's maybe that's the way that, that it wanted to go at some point. Mm-hmm. It's like he can't help himself but try and be a father figure, but he sucks at it. <laughs> well, he has that's all these the lessons moments. he needs to learn. He Stop ha- trying to be a father figure. He has all these moments with the the kid, the young son, where he's the scene starts with, "Oh, I'm a bad father figure," but then. The kid, by virtue of being cute, makes him do something fatherly. He gives him the knife or gives him a piece of the apple or whatever it is. But that same thing happens multiple times. Right. And it doesn't it's not actually a transition to any other, you know, a different yeah. character. It's just state. a yeah. thing he does. Yeah. <laughs> gives out that knives. That guy and can't shit. keep a knife around for two <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. so, it's like he keeps losing his sunglasses and his huge bowie knives. That's an important knife. You you killed a guy with that and you're just gonna give it away to some some random kid. Yeah. That's the it's right. the uh, that that is the kid from uh Last Airbender, by the yeah. way. The That's where Airbender. I thought it was the kid from Weeds. I was trying to figure out where I'd seen him before. Yeah. Airbender. He's, he's not, totally white. He's, he's not. White. He's not given a whole lot more to do here than an no. Airbender. But somehow, I think he does a better. He does better with it in this one. <laughs> it's okay. This is he's the last alien stabber yeah. in this one. Now, what about taking this in an entirely different direction? I think I floated this co- this idea on the Planet Terror commentary. What if he just you finish this movie? You're looking at it in editing. Color timing's done, and they've got all the effects back in. We're, we're doing some sound tweaks, but it's basically done. Shit. Look what we got here. Fuck. Um, I'm pretty sure that happened. (laughs) What if at this point your decision is this? If this is your next move. All right. Let's throw the Grindhouse filter on it. (laughs) Change the marketing around. We're going to call it Grindhouse 2. (laughs) Cowboys versus Aliens. Cowboys versus Aliens. (laughs) Literally, if you just put the poppy film and the color grading weirdness over it and just watch it that way. Boy, that would would excuse so much. Basically, it's like your get-out-of-jail-free card if you've made a really fucking awful shock movie. Then you'd want to go back and make it even more ridiculous in the second half, I think. Dude, 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 you'd have to lie about the budget at that point because you can't get away with making... A yeah. schlocky movie like you have to take all the famous dollars. names off of it. It wasn't yeah. produced by Spielberg and Imagine. <laughs> it's like it was produced by Joe Mangtawichita from from Cleveland. No, what you do is you do the uh, still frame and then credit name under the person that's on on screen frame thing. <laughs> but their names, like you're looking at Harrison Ford, and it says Tom something else, like this. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, okay, movie. <laughs> what do you Harrison do? Ford. All right, Olivia Wilde comes up. Jane, blah blah blah. Okay, all right, okay play me your movie i think at that point you just become more forgiving you're just like this is stupid (laughs) 
basically you artificially change people's expectations after the movie if it sucks the, well there is some credit to the idea of refuge and audacity so yeah. you, you might get somewhere with it so i, I like- do wish more movies would like i i know it's economically infeasible but i there's a number of movies that i wish had filmed everything put together the trailer the trailer that came out and went okay now let's go back and make that movie instead <laughs> this tra- is not the movie we're the about trailer to department out. just showed us what we should have done yeah he's um, <laughs> surrogates yeah. that's what happens or brave sure like, brave could have used that yeah like <laughs> see the trailer for brave that's a great movie we should have made that Brave yeah. has a rather storied history yeah. I, I hope we at one point get a cool book about what happened there oh well you know it was directed, it was directed by someone two-thirds of the way through before they switched directors yeah hey but that worked with ratatouille so really i didn't know that brad bird took over from someone else on ratatouille i didn't know that we should go back to the movie I'm sorry. anyway yeah you you were gonna say we're coming, i was just we're coming up on on the first of Oh, I can't wait to talk about the alien technology yeah. and how it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> alien technology, the alien objectives, the alien plan, <laughs> that's, the aliens, that's, that's alien physiognomy. Well, we'll get to it all. That's but, a thing, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say because the the uh, um you know the common thread here is Lindelof. He's really good at at putting together stuff, throwing stuff out there where it's like, wow, what's going on here? Like, like, what is this? How does this all fit together? He's not good at knowing the answer to that. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's got a kind of a Stephen King problem there. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was King thinking the same that. thing. What if you guys? Wait. What if one day there would be? It's like that's yeah. great. How do you end that? I don't know. Yeah, someone yeah, yeah. someone poops or something, I and then it's over. You, something happens. I don't do you know, think that's where Lindelof <laughs> was the beginning of his career as a notable screenwriter with JJ? I wonder if yeah. if JJ had read a Lindelof script at one point, and JJ with his penchant for the mystery box thing just picked him out of the guy. And like, he he gets it, and then now Lindelof is our I guy. Think, all the time. I think they developed it kind of together. I think a part of uh, you part mean of that wasn't a real box. mystery box in well, the TED talk? Yeah, part of the mystery. No, part of the mystery box thing. Um, I think came from developing Lost, and I believe he developed Lost with Lindelof. So I think that was kind of the thing they were going and into. Another guy were the actual yeah. showrunners who who were in charge of the day to day. I always want to say his name is Damien. That's I, Damon. Damon I just, Lindelof. I just don't know any Damons. Oh. I, Matt Damon. I don't know any Damians. The, the, the magic bean <laughs> of, uh, of alien technology seems to have a rule. It's one of the few things that seem to follow a rule, but then later it doesn't follow its own rule that seemed to have been established. Is What this seems to suggest is the thing powers up when they're nearby. Right. right, that it doesn't. It's inert until they're there and it's broadcasting its power or whatever. Because here it's like, bing, it lights up. But later, they break that rule by having the aliens be nowhere around, and it lights up. And she says, well, you activate it with your mind. But nowhere before then did he ever consciously, right? you know, I w- sure wish this thing on my wrist was active right now. Sure. So it's, you know, right there, there's a, there's a mishmash. Well, of, you don't know he's not thinking that. Well, it, it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not it's thinking a, it's that. A, it, you can get away with it being a subconscious Plausible thing. Plausible in screenwriting. Yeah. But you have it to... isn't. He's surprised by it. He's like, you know, and he doesn't even know that he can use it to kill aliens with yet. Right. So it's like, I sure wish I could kill aliens with this mysterious bracelet of mine. But it just literally, he's not even, there's not even a threat and it lights up and they go, gee, why is that lighting up? Right. It's because the aliens are approaching. There's not even a threat for him to be thinking about. Yet. Right. Blue it, and orcs are near. It could have, yeah, it could have, yeah, it could have exactly. maybe worked better if. You know, the, when he was getting beat up by those guys, it had turned on at the very beginning. 
You know, it turned on. Not yeah, necessarily yeah. gone. Then it lights totally up, but he doesn't know why or what to do with it. He if just it's clouds, just like a stress level. Yeah, yeah. he just punches yeah. people with it. It's a mood ring, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then later on, it gets to this point, and his stress level gets so high, it turns into yeah. a gun it and actually things. deploys, you know. Okay, I, that, that's another way to go, but the movie has it both ways. Right, it yeah. Doesn't, now, now, I love the look of this scene. I love that they did. This scene is did. fun. This scene is, this scene is the promise of the premise. I, yeah, the I, love that it, I love that it did the the 1950s. Uh, War of the Worlds, almost kind of homage. Glow. The kind of the glow and the the way the uh, the um, you know the kind of the green beams go because because War of the Worlds, the fifties War of the Worlds, they they weren't tripods, they hovered, they right, were yeah. they were flying. out of frame so, spotlights for aliens. Yeah, I I, I love the well, look and cool what they've done here. That, yeah. yeah, and you know, also get you know, but the, updated of course, the cool rake of light across the scenery and all that fun stuff. And you could also use that as a cool reveal. They actually showed this. They showed this scene, not the not the complete scene, but but um, you know the initial attack, uh, and and a shorter cut of this up to him shooting down the uh, the alien at Comic Con. Um, so uh, ILM had killed themselves to get that done, and I, it, because they were literally he had come to Comic Con like on a break from shooting, like they were shooting at the. The, the the shoot over overlapped with Comic Con. Like Comic Con was in the middle of it. So they'd just been shooting for a little while and ILM had like two weeks to put together this sequence. We gotta for, get a fucking union. That's awful. Yeah. That's so bad. That's so much work. Yeah. It looked it and it looked amazing, of course. Of course but it did. Because they killed a bunch of people <laughs> who had lives. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just make them and record and collections like real people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and credit cards and keys. Someone who stubbed their toe this week. Yeah, like people work at twenty-hour days for cowboys and aliens at Comic Con. Yeah, at Comic Con, not even the final <laughs> result. The Comic Con, <laughs> just uh, for Comic Con. But that was when you know that was when they thought that Comic Con mattered and would yeah help ticket sales. Oh, Comic Con is the holy oh, grail. That. Yeah, sure. Cowboys and aliens at Comic Con. It's a can't miss. It's a can't lose. There we go. And now it's like okay. See you, see you, Paul. <laughs> so do we want a story? <laughs> do we want to talk about the incomprehensibility of what the aliens are actually trying to do right now, or do we want to save that? I, well, we can. We can. <laughs> at this point, it's okay. At, at this right? point, it's okay because well, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 also, it's like I I kind of respect the movie for. Unless they do, and I just missed it. They're roping us just like cattle. I mean, for like having that image without like making a big like. Yeah. You see what we did there out of it, you know? Right. The idea that they literally are just you know. Somebody kind us. of obliquely says, but I don't. It's. It's it's not too on the nose. I worth the me, point for me. Yeah. So that's you know that's all right, and it's like you know you could get into a whole thing and like like some you said earlier it's like there's there seemed to again somebody somewhere had the idea of an analogy about taking the resources of a land and moving the indigenous species off of it and right. slaughtering them. But, but then they forgot that idea and, yeah. and didn't do anything with it. So our directive for a better, if not good, version of Cowboys and Aliens would just simply be start from scratch, pick two or three people to tell a story about, and then they all get fucked <laughs> over by aliens the, somehow. The, the directive, as, as is so often the case with movies of this scope and scale, is... You just want to grab the guy by the lapels and go, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you telling me <laughs> Why? this? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Just be clear about that. And you then know, you can get away. With anything else that, that helps you tell me that and helps you extrapolate, that's what you do. I, I had never put this one together. I probably should have. You know who's really good at that? Really huge movies, but you can tell exactly what the guy is trying to say. Hmm. It's Cameron. Yeah, the thing you can you can I mean, you, so, and, and you can we, have problems with any of Cameron's movies, but you take away every single time a theme. You take away an idea, 
even in some cases like a parable idea, just something like very simple. That's what was going on here. Yeah. You feel sure. this way now. You walk out of the theater going, we need to stop cutting on the rainforests, or I hate Billy Zane. And, I, and that's why... And that's... Uh, that's Get Billy those, Zane! <laughs> Get Billy Zane! <laughs> Get Billy Zane! That's why those movies are, are so successful, I think, in part, because, you know, when people say Cameron's a great storyteller and stuff like that, I mean, we had our differences with uh, Avatar and, and whatnot, but you, like you say, you can't deny... It's very clear. You what walk he's, away. What you know what the at. fuck. And yeah. and I think that's why people like to go back because it's epic and it's cool and you don't feel like you're lost the whole time, being like, "What is going on?" Because I, a lot of times, I think, unfortunately, people when when movies are so incomprehensible, a lot of times people just feel like maybe they're stupid and not getting it. Um, especially well, people when, are certainly trying that with Prometheus. Yeah, people are pulling that with Prometheus, and that's exactly... Especially when it's a, a major filmmaker like that, where it's like, oh, well, yeah. it just must be over my head. I don't know. Yeah. He's a genius, so it must yeah. be us. Yeah, Cooper can't it make six a mistake. Years, and then everyone will admit that Prometheus was bad. And then give it ten, and then everyone will think Prometheus was genius. <laughs> because that's what's happening with the Matrix sequels. They went through a oh. phase where everyone was constantly like, no, not that at all. But recently I've seen a lot of... I wouldn't even say contrarian standpoints where they're like, no, this is what's going on there, and basically conspiracy theorying. But they might be right. Doesn't make the movie well, better. I don't, but you know, I don't. I don't think that hidden depths. I guess I don't think anybody could deny that the Wachowskis were trying to do something, were trying to communicate something with the sequels. They just did it badly. I, th- I think the the more apt analogy is uh, one Mike made on Facebook with somebody about Prometheus trying to defend Prometheus and the apparent depth and. And you basically called it out as like, yeah, people did try the same thing with the prequels. And in the immediate aftermath of the prequels, people are like, no, 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 they just they need time to settle, and the people will get appreciate. You know, the history books will decide. Yeah, history and, will decide. Yeah, history will decide. <laughs> us. And it's like, no, no, it, here we are. You know, ten years later. Yeah, Phantom Menace still sucks. Yeah, and yeah. Phantom Menace. Everybody knows that. Yeah, people understand that better than they did back yeah. then. <laughs> we we can articulate why. Th- yeah, you know, thanks to you know people like Plinkett and others. It's still a pretty movie. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And it's still, it hasn't run off the rails yet, right? And, you know, I'm still like, okay, yeah. Because yeah. we're still in setup mode. Like, yeah. you can set up things all day long, but yeah. you have to pay them off. Otherwise, when you get to the payoff, it makes me wonder. Because what clearly happened here is they got many drafts down the line, and everyone loved the first 35 pages. Everyone was just like, this is the shit. And then when it, whenever the previous version of whatever... How do we resolve it now? Basically, the script got to the point where a second act started, and no one liked the second act, and they replaced <laughs> it with something like this. That must have been it. Because there's no other reason for there to be such a weird and perfect delineation, aside from the fact that, I guess, aliens show up then. Maybe that's just part and parcel of having aliens show up, and it complicates things. But it must be that, I assume, they had a second act, they didn't like it. And they just like, oh god, fuck! Well, we're starting on Monday, or something like that. <laughs> that that probably is. They they may have been like, mm-hmm. we started two weeks ago. This yeah. isn't working. We need to redo the second I can act. Only shoot We've out. already shot five scenes from the second act. What are you talking about? Well, fucking right around them. I don't know. Right. We'll just figure it out. Okay. So Wait, which happens? Happens. Here, for example, is my point. It's like he 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 rode off from town at at daybreak. Um, he rode from the scrub desert. He's in the you know he's in the high he's in the high forest. He's in the meadow now, and here she is right on his tail. And they're going to have this meaningless scene where he goes, you know, she goes, I can help you. And I don't want your help. And she curiously doesn't mention, no, seriously, 
hear me out because I'm made of space dust. Yes, I'm made of <laughs> impenetrable space dust and the thing on your arm, I can explain it all to you. It's just the two of us now. I have no reason not to tell you everything you need to know and yet somehow I won't. And then in the very next cut, it's high noon and she's back in town and everyone's riding out. So it's like... And the, the other aspect is their whole pseudo-sexual but not relationship that... Again, it feels like in another draft they were love interests, but then in another draft it was the the also the Western thing of always oh, got the dead wife to avenge for. Yeah, that, that yet another is yet another one of the muddy subplots where yeah. like it feels like that's two people's stories kind of smooshed together. Yeah. It's like he's got the wife that he's sad about, but he doesn't remember. Right, and she wasn't even his wife, and because she was actually just some whore he picked up that someone says, and he was sort of he didn't. And yet, what? But but, but now then, he has this love interest, but he can't. It can't really be a love interest because he's. He has his wife. And there she is. And there she is, right there going, I'm going to ride with you guys. I was just over in the Hey, you guys place. going somewhere? Yeah, can, I, ride with going? You. Can, I, can I ride along with you? Yeah, sure, why not? Can I follow you? So it's like, as far as everything that's been set up, it's like, okay, so the people have been kidnapped. Obviously, we have to get them back. Harrison Ford has his douchebag of a son. We have to resolve that somehow. Um, <laughs> we still don't know what Olivia Wilde's doing walking around town in her sundress and gun belt don't care because mm-hmm. she because she can't tell us and uh <laughs> and uh you know we'll find out and daniel daniel craig is you know the troubled loner who is in every western movie so that's kind of cool um but see all those things aren't what is it, this movie's going to pay off in any way this movie will not <laughs> other than getting the people about back. that stuff yeah. only getting the people back by the most ridiculous implausible way possible we there's this idea and I, I I'm not going to just lay this at the feet of Lindelof although he if if we actually researched it He's maybe maybe Lost it. will be would be responsible or something but I feel like there's this aspect the 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 idea of the mystery box the mystery is more interesting than the solution it's like no but eventually you got to give us the solution because that's the point of a mystery if fucking Agatha Christie had pulled this shit all the time you wouldn't no one <laughs> yeah, would right. be would care about if her Eric anymore Poirot walks in at the end and goes I give up I yeah. don't know <laughs> I some, don't know some things man was not meant to know yeah right I mean if, if people if people wouldn't uh, some people would but most people wouldn't be like oh she was a genius for never answering the big questions now here that's here, stupid here's yet, <laughs> an, here's yet another question of it's like okay this makes a perfectly good scene but if you try and reverse engineer why any of this happened there's no there's no way to explain he just came from wherever he came across a million miles of, of turf carrying a big sack of gold and the minute he walks into his house and puts it on a table that's when the aliens go "Ooh, gold ours yeah you know and we're gonna pull it through the roof <laughs> along with the people when we could have caught him you know we, we must have this gold right now i don't blame the movie for this but if i'm not mistaken a really large measurable large fraction of the earth's core is gold no i don't no. believe that's true that's iron, not true but i no. not gold no my my issue i think this is as stupid of a alien magic being of this is what the aliens plan is as the water and as the, well as no the, it's uh, it's fine i'll give it points it's far better than water because <laughs> because water is the most common molecule <laughs> in the universe um it's like well, gold is gold is rare like I said, gold is rare it's like gold is the only reason gold is valuable is because it's rare um it's rare here it's presumably rare everywhere else because it's, you know, it's a rare metal that's why they call it that um but it's there's okay. still billions of tons in the asteroid belt because there's billions of tons of everything in the asteroid belt. There's no reason. True enough, like I said, I'm not saying it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying at least it wasn't fucking water, which yeah. is the dumbest possible reason. Because there's plenty of water in the asteroid belt, too. Yeah. So, I knew I had read that. Apparently, 
what I said was accurate, but the reports that I read about it are all sourced back to one geologist who might be insane. So oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew I heard that somewhere. But I knew I heard it. That somewhere was the internet. (laughs) Down in front, citation needed. I checked. I don't know that he's not insane, but no one else is saying that. They also maybe he's just ahead of the curve. Much like much like Prometheus, there are actually an awful lot of people here too who are so nondescript and in the action scenes are so muddy. It's like apparently a lot of them die at some point and we're never really clear when some of them did. Yeah. Uh, like, but we still have moments like these, like this yeah, guy like where this he's, guy he's trash talking. Um, I don't know whatever ball. happens to him. Maybe he dies later and we just right. try to remember that mustache. <laughs> which looks identical to the guy he's talking to. True which enough, is, yeah. Which is... Uh, Clancy Brown, the one guy we can recognize because of the gray beard. He's the first one to go. I love Clancy Brown. He's cool. I like Clancy. Did you ever high five Clancy Brown? I I may, I'd imagine I it may would, have. It might have devastated your wrist. <laughs> yeah, like you just have a stump. I may have. I may have. I don't recall. He seems like he's like forty five feet tall. He is. He's a very large. He's a large man. He's yeah. a very large boy. What beyond Iron Man and uh, Swingers or Made? One of the two or both? What has Favreau done? Did he? I mean, how the hell did he get Iron Man? I guess no one at the time knew Iron Man was going to um, be Iron Man, so no one... He did the one about the flying house. The Zathura. The, Zathura, which was actually much better than I thought it was going to be. Did you see Jumanji? I did see Jumanji. He had nothing to do with that one. And that's why I was doubly surprised that Zathura was good, because Jumanji's so awful. But, huh. but the... Okay. Um, so it was actually better than Jumanji. Like he, I so, thought so, yeah. Because he, he's got... He's pretty good at scenes. He's obviously... Yeah. He knows the guys to talk to for DPing, and he's got a good eye for it, and he, he lets them do the right thing, or he makes the right calls. Uh, Iron Man's amazing. And I guess he had a great script, and he had Robert Downey Jr., so you can't fuck that up. I'm just trying to get a bead on the guy, because I, you know, with almost as few movies that I'm aware of, of Edgar Wright, I have a bead on Edgar Wright. I kind of know what his thing is, Yeah. even though it's still kind of nebulous. I don't have a, as good a bead on him as I do of Fincher or something, but Edgar Wright and, and Favreau are two I would consider contemporaries, and I just don't know what the hell Favreau's thing is yet. Yeah. I need a couple more movies to figure it out. He may be, you know, he may be a guy what, that doesn't have a thing. He may be what you call the journeyman director, just a workman. He, you know, yeah, just, workman director. He, he, he does it. You know, uh, he gets the job done. Well, he certainly does. Yeah. So here's another baffling aspect about the aliens. Apparently, apparently the aliens themselves are cribbing from every science fiction movie ever. Because here they're doing the Close Encounters thing, where they just picked up boats and crap and dropped yeah. them off elsewhere. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you? Well, once again, it makes for an awesome scene—an upside down riverboat in the middle of nowhere. Right. I love it. Why? And in, and in Close Encounters, it works because the aliens remain mysterious to a degree. So they do weird, yeah. mysterious shit. And you're like, why is this boat in the middle of the desert? I don't have a fucking clue. They were done with it. They were <laughs> done with it. They're aliens. How are we supposed to know? We can't fathom what their, what their plan is. Now, why, but here why is that not acceptable here? But here, they do the same thing, but their, their plan is fully described. They are, <laughs> at least as it makes as much sense, I think the movie thinks it's making sense with what the aliens are doing. They're coming here for our gold. And also to study our weaknesses for some reason. So that they, oh, we'll get to that. So yeah. that they can well, they need to know our weaknesses for the so they can gold. steal our gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that, oh, that I, they get in the I middle get, of nowhere. I can't without, wait to get to the part where oh. they talk about our weaknesses. It's, it's, it's the fantastic. same problem I have with War of the Worlds. It's like either either the aliens are completely mysterious; they are a for, unknowable force of nature, or they are in some sense a character basically as human as I, as human as you or I. That we can comprehend what they're doing and why they're doing it. You can't, I think, you can't really have it both ways. Mm. And I think War of the Worlds tries to have it both ways, or has try, tries to I have it with one way and doesn't succeed. And I think this movie also tries to have it that one way and doesn't succeed. I think Harrison Ford's involved in a misinformation campaign against gold 
between what's going on in this movie <laughs> and how they were gold magnetic coins and crystal skull. I think Harrison Ford just has a lot rest, uh, resting on the platinum market. <laughs> that might I be said it. it. I said it out loud. Come at me, government. <laughs> <laughs> you blown the lid off that one. One of these days I'll be right. Yeah, again, here's, here's that scene we're talking about. It's like this is a interesting, fun character scene that in no way sets up anything other than the kid has a knife now that he's going to use later. Yeah, that um, he's going to use in like a scene. Yeah, not even not even later. Just like the next scene, it's a good thing he has that knife. Well, it's in the final battle that he uses. The oh knife. well, that's a, no. oh I thought it was no I thought it was here when he's no he's too afraid to use the knife. That's that doesn't right. count as a setup and payoff. No, no, it does. It, I'm sorry, I, I was mistaken because I didn't. It's, I didn't I'm, I'm, so I, I said it is. It, it it only sets up the fact that now the kid has a knife. Right. But the whole this is deeply meaningful to me, and I once stabbed a man to watch him die, and you're my other surrogate son, apparently, and all of that is. Goes nowhere. That has nothing to do with it. He could the kid could have picked the knife up off the ground. All we need to know is he has a knife. Yeah. None of the rest of that has any resonance to anything else that happens in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it works as a sort of a not necessarily a save the cat, but Harrison Ford's. It really is. An it's okay it's guy. as closest to save the cat moment that right. he has. But you know, but then this ca- I don't think Harrison Ford's character should have had a save the cat moment. He, he doesn't. He's a, he's a bastard. Yeah, he's a douchebag. He, he the character should have either been killed or the fact that he you know is a He's a douchebag who the only thing he's good at is leading men into battle, and then he leads men into battle. It's like, well, that's not an arc. Um, <laughs> that's not a reason for us to have learned all of this backstory about this guy who in the end is just that douchebag guy yeah. who remains a douchebag guy. Except at the end, he seems to reconcile with his son that he has a new understanding of that in no way occurred. Now that he has been brainwashed and is no longer a prick because he was raised by an asshole. Yeah. But somehow Harrison Ford. Now, see if Harrison if Harrison had gone in and gotten the mind wipe, and then it's like you know, hooray! They both forgot they were douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're beloved by the town because you're so generous, and because you are so responsible, upright citizen who is kind to to animals. Oh, okay, then I guess we'll do that then. Yeah, it's a good thing we don't have Facebook. <laughs> see, that actually would have been a funny thing to play with. I do love that exchange. I don't think I've ever seen that exchange in another movie where somebody has been standing in the doorway. Of another character without them knowing it, <clears throat> and he goes, "You've been standing there for a long time," and she just goes, "Yeah." <laughs> Most of the time, you're like, "No, I haven't been there that long." No, I just got, I just yeah. got here. I wasn't. <laughs> and she's just straight up, "Yes, yes, I have." This Lights, is... knuckle turns, dramatic music, punch in. Here's their, here's their what fourth conversation together. Um, the fourth conversation where again they can't talk to each other. They yeah. can't tell each other anything in this conversation, yeah. sweetie. But for reasons. <laughs> For reasons. For reasons, but she can't tell you. Right? She can't tell him. He can't tell her. This he may, forgot. This may be bitch. the actual scene. <laughs> this could have been a silent says. film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wish it had been in many ways because it's it's the dialogue in this movie is is really atrocious for the most part. <laughs> there are scenes. Uh, this this may or may not be one of them, but there are scenes where literally everything that everyone says feels like it came from a different draft. Yeah. Because no no, it's like these aren't actual conversations. Information isn't being exchanged, and most of the time. No one's saying anything of any importance whatsoever, which is true of most human speech. Anyway, I mean, most of the time people aren't saying anything of any great importance, um, but movie dialogue is kind of different uh, or, or should be. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a reason you don't make movies with yeah. just normal conversation because it's boring as shit. Yeah, unless you're Quentin Tarantino, in which case you're a genius. But the, you know, the, as, uh, I think it was David Mamet who said, um, people only talk when they want something, which is, he said, that's a good, that's a good approach to dialogue. It's uh-huh. like when you're looking at, is this dialogue important to say? It's like, well, people don't just, for the most part, say stuff. It's because they there's a goal. They have a goal when they say something. 
even if it's just I want you to be listening to me right now because I have this fascinating story that I think you will enjoy. But it's like, like the guy that we had the scene earlier when they found the uh, when they found the, the 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 boat there, and the the Indian tracker guy goes, "The tracks are washed away in the rain." Yeah, we didn't need to know that. That's kind of intuitively obvious. Um, or you could have said it maybe like, "We lost the trail," which yeah. is something probably someone would say more in that in that, in that ex- in that circumstance rather than like, "Oh, the tracks are washed away in this rain that we are all in," or yeah. "We're never going to find them." Yeah, then let's go in there. Look at this shit. We're never going to find them. That's what I yeah. say when I'm on a trail and then it's all rainy and I can't see the thing. Screw this. Look at this shit. We're never going to find them. <laughs> Heck with this, and th- yeah. So now we've we've talked about this is obviously a genre mashup between westerns and sci-fi, and now it's a horror movie too for a scene. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> and and it has it suffers from the Prometheus thing, which is like, oh, okay. So a spacefaring species, um, how do they communicate when they encounter an alien? They go ah. Yeah. It's like Maybe are they are they an alien spacefaring species? Are they an alien dog? <laughs> because you know i i like to see my thing is like you mentioned avatar it's like i like to take this and go okay this is avatar let's just apply you know this logic to avatar so it's like Stephen lang we're on you know we're on a foreign planet we're here for their resources and we've got an indigenous species with primitive weapons you got to watch out for them and then when they go out onto the surface of 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 the planet and and they encounter you know oh here comes some of those indigenous let's communicate with them Ah! <laughs> Later, okay. when they attack our compound, what are we going to do, everyone? Um, go out and punch and bite them? That's exactly what we're going to do. Shouldn't we use our glowing thing that makes them into instant zombies? Nope, I'm going with punch and bite them. Shouldn't we use our thing that turns them into dust instantaneously? Nope, punch and bite them. Shouldn't we use our wrist rocket things that blow things up? Did you not hear me? We're going to punch them. <laughs> Who's and, in charge here? <laughs> and bite them because we're the superior species. <laughs> what don't you get? Trey, what? you have used context to completely sway me. Because <laughs> initially I was like, maybe there's subtlety to his roar. But then you're like, okay, think about it. Stephen Lang. Oh, and you yeah. lost me. <laughs> you're is, is you're on Earth. And there are creatures out there that, that want to kill you. So you have no choice but to say, rawr, and bite them on the neck. Oh, and we're but gonna that's a good and we're to gonna go out <laughs> naked. Yeah. Oh yeah. No armor or anything. That said, <laughs> you know we have fun here on down in front, but all those and more are a good way to get out of a scary neighborhood. <laughs> Rawr, bite naked. It's <laughs> run. <laughs> it's run, bite naked. Sing Bohemian Rhapsody, but be you got scary when you do it. Get out of here before I pull you off your horse and punch you. Yeah. Um, I just killed a man. So now he's like, again, this movie is like the plotting of it. He's gone back to his old house twice now. I think is it twice or he's going to go back a second time later in the same thing. It's like he's gone all the way. And where is that house? Where's that versus the town versus the, the aliens versus the bandits hideout. It's like, how, how is this? Like I said, it's all happening in one, in one person's backyard. Maybe yeah. The, the only one I, I remember <clears throat> was when, is when he rides off to the, the, uh, you know the Indian camp where I'm like that's got to be like yeah. at least half a day. They hate away. each other. They can't <laughs> yeah. be neighbors. They must be. They must be kind of far away. Now here's another cute scene that's you know that's fun, where you know they're like okay here's, you know this is where the movie like this is where the whoever wrote the nihilistic draft wrote this scene yeah you know and that's fine yeah I mean you can almost tell like which 
which movies the various writers were fans of from what they cribbed. I'm like, okay, this is the Unforgiven guy. <laughs> yeah. This is the guy <laughs> that the, we should the do. Eastwood Unforgiven guy with aliens. Yeah. yeah. The old school Eastwood is different. Is a different draft. How'd they get that sky to do that? It looks great. <laughs> polarizer and just color correct the fuck out of it. How do you do that? Probably, probably yeah. more color correction than polarizer, but probably it might be bit, a yeah. fake. Might be a fake sky, I guess. It's just so oh, cool. Oh man, you know what? That wouldn't entirely surprise me, but I'm, I'm, I imagine that well, you they could, probably you know, got you could, that. You could pull a luma key off those trees. <laughs> yes. See, once again, Harrison Ford's I forgot this is a movie. I'm sorry. massive backstory of a character that again. Why are you telling me this? Don't really know. <laughs> Just couldn't afford another alien scene right now. <laughs> yeah. so we still got an hour to go. Needed so we got to fill the time. Uh, yeah. Just like, I don't know. Uh, Harrison, let's just uh, improvise a scene where you walk with some horses. Okay. Bring me that kid from And also, movie. I'm going to say it. Fuck this kid for getting you acting alongside <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> or, or, or getting to walk alongside him on <laughs> yeah, camera yeah. anyway. You're True. not fit to walk next to Harrison Ford. <laughs> I, I actually I think this is great because I did not realize that it was the uh, the last Airbender kid ever and and you know it's like it proves that he doesn't suck you know he doesn't have to yeah no I think he does a good job with what he has and he doesn't have much but he does a good job with what he has it's a lot of just looking and reaction shots which is you know that's what separates a bad see, actor from a I good actor. This, see, the, this feels like this feels like a setup again from someone else's draft that never pays off. It's like this guy is so terribly mortally wounded that he begged me to kill him, and I use this knife. So later, Harrison Ford will n- nope. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Why? What? What made you think that was going to happen? We did, we only spent four minutes of screen time setting that up. Yeah. We're not paying. It You're off not in suggesting any way. mayhaps that perhaps later Harrison Ford should be mortally wounded and ask his surrogate son to kill him because it's the way to go and all that stuff. And I'm just back and wondering why we watch that scene. You know. <laughs> if that scene's not going to go anywhere, yeah, that feels like that was probably an actor bait scene. That's the one they wrote to be like, see Harrison, you want to be yeah. in this one? See, you you're like actually like everyone's that. surrogate dad. You're actor not really bait. A bad That's guy. A good, is that a thing? That's good. Oh yeah, that's yeah. very oh, yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know the I know the concept has certainly got to be something that happens all the time. I just never heard the term activate before. That's perfect. Yeah, activate. I I I've, uh, in the script that I've got out right now, I've, it's yeah. definitely got activate in it. And we've, it's, we're, we're fishing for a pretty big actor with some, it. Too, some so. choice monologues and fun stuff to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like and and William, I got it from William Goldman. It's a concept he talked about, and actually, and also um, the author of uh, I may have mentioned this recently on the show. Uh, the author of um, Bull, uh, Bull Durham. There's the famous, oh, yeah, yeah, the famous yeah. speech from Bull Durham about, like, I believe I in the believe in, Temple of Baseball. Yeah. He never meant that to be in the movie, because who the fuck actually talks like that? That was meant to get an actor interested going, I'd love to do that That's I'd love to do that monologue, and then later you just cut that monologue after you've signed the actor, because it's ridiculous and it's a terrible thing, and no one would ever say it. Um, he was really <laughs> surprised that it made it into the movie, and is the thing that people remember that movie for. That and having a name that never made sense, but for some reason is really memorable. Yeah. Here's Walt. This is Walt Goggins. This guy. Wait. This guy. Oh, oh that guy. Okay. Uh, fucking. Hmm. What's his name? He's on Justified what? now. He used to be on The Shield, and uh, he's done other things. Never saw either, but I do know the guy. Do you, this is. I, I. I like this again. This is a good moment. Yeah. I think we're we're still in promising territory because we're still in setup mode. Well, yeah. We're an, hour, think, we're an hour in. Yeah. I yeah. think. I think when, once <laughs> we're you just get now getting to the Temple of Doom. Yeah. I think once you get to an hour and a half in, you realize that we're never leaving setup mode, and that's when, yeah. <laughs> that's when the problem shows up. It's, the the great thing about Harrison Ford in this movie is we we get very uh, just a few but every now and then we get these flashes of indiana jones and like harrison ford actually having fun where i mean harrison ford's 
great strength has always been in these like little nonverbal moments he'll throw in and just like this look of like I don't, I don't fucking know <laughs> and uh, we, we are going to, to die, die. Sad frowny face, face. <laughs> uh, and Daniel Craig is is great in the sense that he's right there with him and he has he brings in those kind of moments and there was just a great one yeah I love ago. this moment by the way this moment really cracked me up because even though I was sort of coming I was like have these little minor fugue states watching, watching <laughs> the movie but uh, my understanding at the time and I think it's accurate was that Daniel Craig doesn't remember anything no. about himself so he's doing this thing where he's reading entirely context clues and trying to go like hey and he just punches them to establish dominance he's like so where, where are we at with the team yeah how many we got on the team you know same as you know so that'd be like what 30 guys? 30 guys, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I just like the way that and scene then, played and out. And then it, it completely turns on him when it's like, you abandoned us. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, <clears throat> this is not good. And so this is, this is a great part of, you know, th- this is a great scene. It's a great sequence, uh, what, what's going on here. It's, it's the kind of thing that be- does belong in a Western. You could almost forget that there's even, you know, yeah. aliens until, yeah. until he starts shooting them with his alien gun. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is the kind of scene where it's like okay, almost like I was talking about because he apparently was a bandit and stuff like that. It's like it's there's banter and there's stuff going on, and then the weird sci-fi stuff comes in and and kind of you know throws it all up in the air. Now I've se- I've seen the oh he was this uh, actor's this 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 Irish yeah. guy yeah he's been in things I can't think of I think he I- was in uh, he was in Harry Potter. He was in Deathly Hallows, part one. He well, was that, the guy that, that... That probably goes without saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he's British. He's been, in Deathly, he's been in Harry Potter. I just saw him in something recently, whether it was The Italian Job, the remake of The Italian Job, or something I saw him in recently as well. He's just one of those great character actors who just yeah. always plays that, that hood, that tough guy. Do you guys ever have a weird little existential moment? I, it might just be me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Where... <laughs> All the time. No, but... Go on. With regards to actors, because you think of Harrison Ford as a guy, you see him every few years in a movie, and you, you liked him more years ago, but you only see him once every couple of three years, maybe five years between stuff. But Harrison Ford is there right now. Like, there's a Harrison Ford somewhere just sort of sitting, like, clipping his nails. <laughs> Do you ever have that moment where you're like, I wonder what Harrison Ford is doing right now? Do you picture Harrison Ford sleeping? <laughs> weird. That's not. That's weird. I, I don't yours, think, yours is I don't like picture a, him sleeping with Calista Flockhart. You're, you're having like the more advanced version of seeing seeing your third grade teacher at the supermarket. <laughs> like you're not a person. Teacher at dinner. Yeah. What? No, it's just like Harrison Ford somewhere. Maybe no, Harrison Ford though. No, he's he's lived yeah. a pretty epic life though. Yeah, he's, that's as, the thing. As, as the, chat room, the chat room says, <laughs> as the chat room pointed out, yes, I think he's yeah he's he's rescuing people in his helicopter because we know that happens. That's, yeah, that's an amazing story. If you don't know this one, it's just a brief anecdote. But apparently, he's he's got a helicopter pilot's license and he works with the fire brigade in Colorado, wherever the hell his yeah, ranch he, is. He volunteers with the <laughs> he was he fire was, service out there. There is some people that were trapped in a what was eventually a ring of fire in the forest, and they you know it was creeping in on them. They had nowhere to go, and a helicopter comes down, saves them from the ring of fire. They get into the helicopter helicopter and harrison ford turns around from the front seat with a pair of big ass earphones on and says you good and they fly away <laughs> get in <laughs> apparently uh, damn i thought that was closer yeah apparently warner herzog or Werner herzog or however you pronounce it he's he's uh, this weird gu- kind of guardian angel type guy too like Is he'll it, show well, up he's like a super like cave adventurer guy yeah, yeah he's, he's weird but he's it's like it's fella. like joaquin phoenix got in a car accident and or Werner herzog just appeared and pulled him out of the wreckage <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> <Werner> <laughs> herzog it, was, it was just this random thing i remember hearing the story it's like someone was 
he he got in a car accident and someone kind of pulled him from it was talking to him you know very soothingly and stuff like that and it's like and then i realized it was Werner herzog of all people <laughs> just sitting there smoking a cigarette talking to me keeping me calm till the empties got there man timothy treble could use a guy like that <laughs> yeah so here, yeah, Herzog was too late. He's, he's always regretted being there too late for that one. So uh, here we go. So here's rip this time the thing fired because apparently he was mad. But the yeah. aliens are, you know, they're going to show up in a second, I think. But they're nowhere around right now. Well, so. he got mad because they called his true love a whore, except she's not his true love. In right, see, apparently his true love was a whore, but we, or, or maybe she wasn't because we don't know. And see that that. That is kind of a great moment in terms of being a ticking clock if if it does work because it's a proximity to the aliens thing because it's like, okay, this is saving us, but also we got to get out of here. Right. If, this is, if this thing is on, we need to leave yeah. right now. Yeah, that would make sense. See, by this point in the movie, I, I was going, wow. They got the entire group of people on horseback. That's that's a that's complicated. Ooh, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I'm starting to hum the I'm starting to hum the production design. You know, like mm. this is this is. A scene, though, I mean, we've just seen the look UFOs. Look how many people on horseback that is. That's a huge setup. And then, then there's pyro going on. Yeah. Even some of it's digital pyro, but still. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's not... I think it's not quite shot kinetically enough in a weird way. Like, you don't feel the speed. You don't feel like you're racing down the prairie with them, you Wait, know? You're... What you're talking about is you're not feeling the action scene. Is that your point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, 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 this is where you said aliens and cowboys are, you know, and I'm not interested in. Yes, any of this it. Yeah. this exact scene because I mean, you know, compare it compare it to the uh, to you know the Battle of Pelennor Fields in Return of the King. They're riding around on horseback. There's friggin' sure, yeah. elephants everywhere. It's a very and, you know, similar scene. Like you know it's a very similar been, scene, but a lot more intense. What could have been cool about this scene if you wanted to go the other way with it? I mean, a part of it is not feeling it, and part of it is not knowing what the fuck is going on. Uh, all you can really tell, like basically your only compass in the scene is which direction the horses are going. Uh-huh. Uh, what might be interesting, as opposed to doing something cool and up close and kinetic and fast, just a really cool, like 50 second long helicopter shot where there's UFOs and horses on the ground and you're seeing like this is a huge ass, basically this Ta-da. angle. But one <laughs> yeah. of those with, you know, something like that. Maybe not. I think part of it, I think... I I want a Cowboys and Aliens movie to be cool. This is a scene where also it's like, isn't it lucky that they flew low and slow in a canyon so that a guy on horseback could catch a flying machine? And why did they fly that way? Oh, because they're... Because they're damaged. Or just once I want to see in a movie where someone does whatever that maneuver is that you see it now and then, where someone's jumping off of one thing onto another and the timing is perfect, where they just fucking miss and eat shit. I just want to see that once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Daniel Craig jumps onto the flying machine and misses into the gulch. <laughs> and now, act three. Yeah. I, I also think part of it is <laughs> a lot of the appeal of those moments in the actual old westerns is... That was something that some guy actually did. Harrison yeah. Ford hanging off the truck and jumping from the horse on the truck. He actually did that, or a stunt oh. double actually did that. Oh. But in here, you you know automatically already that it's a digital thing because obviously that that machine isn't really there flying. Yeah. So it's like where where is the actual mm. suspense? Where's the actual thrill of seeing somebody do that when you know it's completely fake intrinsically? I would also like to point out that that was yet another opportunity for her to go. This is perfect. Just uh-huh. hang on. It's taking us exactly where we need to go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, check it out. Just chill. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Don't shoot it. We're just going to go. They're going to take us right into the center sanctum, and then five minutes, we're done. We've got this all taken care of. This is perfect. Yeah. Didn't she say earlier, she was like, I've been trying to find them. I've been trying to track them down. Yeah. No, no, no. Just chill. <laughs> yeah. 
we're just we're definitely going back because he's got to get like repaired or whatever. So they're gonna take us back. It was like it was it was bad when she was kidnapped alone, but now he's with her with the magic arm gun that she needs to do the thing. You know, and and just not thinking it through. I don't think. I to 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 their credit, that probably Ooh, that's a, a square head. Jesus, <laughs> with the with the wet Realistic, hair, it just gets uh, worse. Realistically speaking, that I, I was probably it. a very stressful situation. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. But again, it's like it just makes me curious question about her master plan. Like, yeah. I was like, first of all, why do you even look like a human chick? Why is that important? Why is that necessary? Yeah, I mean, there's an assumption of this blending in aspect, but why is she blending in? What purpose does that yeah. serve? So you can hang around town. And not tell anyone what you're doing or what yeah. you need or why you're there or what the problem is. <laughs> I see. I, I have understand. an odd color timing observation. Uh, all the whites in this movie uh, are, your, your brain thinks they're white, but they're actually kind of a tone of yellow. The highlights are all yellow. Mm-hmm. Except for the teeth. Olivia Wilde's teeth are actually white. Yeah. I wonder if that well, was a, like a actor-appeasing cosmetic choice or if that's just the way they no, tend they to do things. No, they seem about the same as like the clouds or I whatever. Guess, yeah, I guess it's close. Yeah. They just—they really popped on her on her skin the other mm. a couple shots ago. Oh, mm. and here comes—is no, not quite. No, this is—we're we're still back we're, in Domino, Tony Scotland here. Yes. Yeah, very Domino yeah. all of a sudden. But uh, here's here's where, I think here's probably where the the shark is going to get jumped pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do you do you feel that happens? Uh, when she dies and walks out of the fire yeah. like Game of well, Thrones. Yeah, that's oh yeah, well that's still a ways off, but uh, we're getting obviously we're getting close to it, but. You know, I watched this movie yesterday, and I have no idea what happens after this. Shoot, dies and goes into a fire. Yeah, I know, but between... <laughs> it's well, not even... It's, it, between even a now and thing then, then, and, you know, that, as Trey just said, that's a ways away. They have, yeah. to, they have to be all sad about it. Actually, it's not that much. Then the Apaches find them. Okay. Right. And then the Indians come. And then, but then the question remains is, like, okay, you know, here she could also go, by the way, don't worry about me if I die. Yeah. Um, and it's very important that if I die, that you burn my body and not hope that a random Apache decides to do that for no discernible reason. <laughs> because the Apaches find them in the middle of nowhere with a dead woman. For some reason, they carry her corpse all the way back to their camp to throw it in the fire. Yeah. The, Which the, is apparently what Apaches did, right, according and, to someone who wrote this movie. And nobody goes, well, you know, she's actually a white person, and our custom is to put them in boxes and yeah. bury them under the ground. Yeah. The, what? You carried her all the way here to throw her into your small cooking fire that isn't even a funeral pyre size just because you're weird? I mean, <laughs> what is the thinking of this? The, the draft that I read from... It was from 2006, so if this does go all the way back to 1994, I didn't even read the first draft. But um, the draft that I read is very much about the Apaches, and they were basically the ones who um, had had a long knowledge of alien visitation and stuff like that. And in fact, their their shaman in in the thing was an alien himself, so that's where probably this aspect of it comes from. Um, and but they there was there was actually kind of a uh, a MacGuffin. There was God, that a, sounds so much better than what we had. Yeah, there was a yeah. there was a magic box that they they kept protected, but but it got you know uh, it got taken, and it's like if the box opens, it's a beacon, and it'll bring the because mm. because a, a UFO crashed here 500 years ago, but it's buried, um, and it's like an invasion uh, UFO, and if they find it and activate it, then they're gonna you know take over. So we just have Ugh. to we have to protect the box, but they you know 
the bad guys find the box or the you know the the I think it was the government actually finds the box and opens it and oh, the gets all off the shit. But well, that's that's sounds more workable to me because it it, yeah. it it skips over the thing that's like the you know here's the silly magic bean thing is like okay, and it's the for me it's the it's the one magic bean too many is okay. There's the aliens and cowboys. Fine, great, but then also Indian magic is real too. Yeah, Indian magic. I'll, I'll make a potion, and it will give you visions, and they'll be true, and you'll get your memory back. It's like, so you're just inexplicably like, yeah, we brought the dead woman to throw in the fire, and everyone's like, yay, I guess. What? What? <laughs> Why? We need a bigger fire. She's just gonna stink up the place. That's not gonna. That's not gonna burn the body. Get more wood, somebody. So yeah, this is where the the movie is kind of like. Now, what movie is it even? trying to be at this point what return of the jedi <laughs> oh just i guess so. that's true they think i'm a god <laughs> tell us your story so isn't it i guess it's lucky that he raised this one guy yeah from a kid just so he could speak to the apaches the one time he needed that you know it's handy that's why he raised him chekhov's indian <laughs> chekhov's <laughs> apache it's called yeah it's for, it's it, you do the, do the do the Apaches know what's going to happen, or did they just decide to burn her? No, 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 they don't know. What then? Th- that's my question. It's like <laughs> you brought her body all the way here, and then just like without even just hip blip in the fire. It's like there's eight questions I have about why you just did that. Especially if you didn't know this was going to happen, yeah. and if you did, why didn't you just say no chill? It'll it'll all be clearer <laughs> yeah. in a little bit. It's a handsome effect, though. Or oh, if sure. you know, put it, put or, it the, or why does she die in the first place if she's an alien? And presumably, she doesn't actually have human yeah. biology. So she can be killed by a, a slice to the gut, right? But fire is the magic cure for that. Yeah, right. it's like, <laughs> cure for what ails you? For what aliens you? She is human enough <laughs> that a stab to the gut will kill her, as it would a real human. But alien enough that being incinerated. She can reconstitute She's fine. herself. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, maybe a way for the, the universe Phoenix. to know itself, Brian. And look here, maybe now she'll tell us what the fuck is up. Okay, so I'm betting you're an alien too. Okay, you got me. Now I can tell yeah. you everything you need to know, but a different kind. Yeah, that we're not going to get into. I'm no, the, that I'm that, the good oh, kind. Oh, dude, that. <laughs> yeah. So you're one of them? No, I'm a different alien. Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of all of my people were wiped out. Knock it off, And then movie. presumably reconstituted themselves, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, no. Just shoot a, you shot him into a star, right? And then <laughs> yeah. that but, but, wait, but then she says she didn't know that she would wake up. No, she said that she, she didn't sure know that she would work. survive she her wounds sure. when she was in human form because she didn't know how severe the human form thing was. But what? Yeah. Well, her actual excuse yeah, exactly. is... It doesn't get better when she explains <laughs> it. No, that's, what, that's <laughs> the thing. And I've been waiting this whole movie to, to bring this up because Trey was like, why is this? Well, she says her reasoning for why I didn't tell you is... Because I must have missed something. This can't be it. She says, I didn't know if the injuries <laughs> would kill me and I would wake up after. I believe that's the answer to the question, why couldn't you tell me? Which, no, what? it's in no way an answer to the question, why couldn't you tell no, me? No, I think he says, why didn't you tell me before? And she says, because I didn't know if I would wake up from my yeah. injuries or something. Maybe okay, he well, meant, that's, that's true. Maybe, but maybe then again, he meant like, just a second like, ago at the then, water. Then maybe you should have told me. <laughs> Well, no it's shit. It's like, like the thing. Then I would have exhausted that, that been a reason to tell me. Yeah. Listen before I die, because I may not come back. In case of my death, here's what you that have to do. That thing on your wrist. Here's how this works. Yeah. 
Although that, I, I may not come back. Uh, wait, may not? <laughs> I'll f- get to that. Just first this. First this other thing. That's sweet. With positive thinking, sweetie. That's yeah. great. Uh, and here we have the two great lines. They're studying us for weaknesses. They're just the scouts. No, they're not. They're the miners. Yeah. They're, there's what you're telling us they are, and then this is what you're sh- Miners, not miners. <laughs> miners, not miners. You, you lost, lost me. me. Uh there's the whole show versus tell thing. There's the showing us the one thing and telling us the other. So it's like again, it feels like it, <clears throat> a different draft issue. It feels like in one draft it was the scouts for the invasion force, and then this other draft it was you know miners and, and yeah. land rapers. And it's like and there there's there's this there's this whole aspect like there's this giant tower out in the desert where they're stealing all the gold. Yeah, it's cool. And it's like the tower, the tower, Rapunzel. But it's like clearly no one noticed this. <laughs> they didn't. I was going to so, say. Was so gonna they say, didn't even have to. What scout? What are they looking for? Our weaknesses. Say, Just was, go where they, we won't find that them. That was my thing. Is like the Apaches seem to live in this neighborhood. You think they go, oh, you mean the big weird thing that just <laughs> yeah. showed up overnight? Oh, yeah. No, we totally know where that is. We thought that was you people. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying that's aliens. Oh, okay. Well, well you all look alike to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> White people, we don't know what the fuck you're up to. White people, the time. giant lizard people. Uh, yeah, you're all trouble. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is, we know it, we're going to take it up the ass no matter what. <laughs> I'm still That's interested. Just how it is. I'm still interested in the concept of clarifying and, and, and improving this. If you were going to do minor tweaks, it, supposing the transcript of what happened in the movie here was the script, but minor tweaks, just like, all right, let's please be very careful to ensure that a story happens with at least one character and we follow that one. You know, and keep the surprises and the cool, and the set pieces are great, and we love all the, the set, and most of the acting is fine. We love all the actors. Is it literally just tighten it up so that we know what the fuck, and we're following someone on a journey that we learn with them, and it's cool? That would, you know what, if you... Plus lighten it a little bit, lighten it up. If, if you had both of those aspects, it may not fix it entirely. But you know, it's enjoyable. not going to... But it's, but it's going to make it so that you told a story at the yeah, end. Yeah, but it, a, would, yeah. it would put it in story territory. Right now, it doesn't even constitute a story, I don't think. It's just a bunch of crap that happens. We call those chronicles now. <laughs> well. Narnia. At least, at least if you go in that direction, Riddick. how about you chronicle? Might, yeah. You might not be telling a perfect story or a, you know, an amazingly told, well-told story. And by the way, in that, in that shot, which they come up a couple times, she's... She's getting raped. She's getting. That's what it looks like. That's exactly what it looks well, like, right? That's one of the things. Like, there's that's is the, that on purpose? That's the well, that's the dark movie that someone was trying to make at some right. point. You know, because like, that, that's one of my favorite little transitions. Is that you know, it's I thought it was her being raped, but it was just her being gutted like a fish. That's yeah. that's worse almost <laughs> really by an alien. Okay, but yeah, this whole idea. This is where they're studying our weaknesses by you know, I don't know. Maybe she was getting anal probed. Maybe that was what oh, was going wow. on. I missed but, that shot. Yeah, last see, time. it's like not only. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> can we use it? Nope. Punch and bite. How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> we can, I got a thing that'll vaporize them. It's just no, no, no. <laughs> not only that, but be sure and take off your universal blasting wrist thing before you deal with a human being. That's also important. Make sure and set it right next to it. But yeah, it's like he's. It's it's like plus the weird thing about they're studying our again. They're studying our weaknesses. They. You have a thing that turns us into dust. How weak do we need to be, <laughs> for fuck's sake? And not only that, but it's like, let's talk about your weaknesses for a second. I mean, what, what evolutionary path made you expose your vital internal organs 
when you need to manipulate something. What is like, um, it's like, it's like, we, we evolve, we have, we're just like we are now, except our brain is hanging off of our elbow yeah. in a small net bag. It's like, you think getting punched in the scrotum is tough. Having someone, punch in the brain. having someone knee you in your exposed brain, how about that? And also, I mean, why do you have the extra inside limbs when you have exterior mm. limbs already? You, evolution, I, evolution doesn't I produce... I can't tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> evolution doesn't produce anything that it doesn't absolutely need for the amount of energy it's costing. We don't <laughs> spontaneously yeah. sprout things because that costs our body's energy, and if it doesn't, if it's not worth the then investment... Then what's this penis for? <laughs> Well, in your case, there's two layers to that. But I'm pumped. But seriously, it's vestigial. (laughs) It's vestigial. My vestigial penis. (laughs) So okay, so I guess we're gonna go fight them. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that's what we've come to at this point. So so now we will all go there. I guess yeah. To them. I mean the way the way you describe the aliens plan it was pretty stupid, but our plan's pretty stupid too. So I guess it evens out. There's only one thing that makes it (laughs) they did there's one thing about the plan, the humans plan, um, although it's not properly executed. But the one thing they do is they take out the you know, or at least they, they attempt and strangely it's successful. Let's take out their air power by blowing up their hangar. By carting a bunch of dynamite up there. Fair enough. You also brought your wrist bomb thing with you yeah. up there. <laughs> Shoot it. That <laughs> blows up everything. Do we, as a group, historically tend to, to frown on movies where the aliens are inexplicable and the lead characters that we're following can't actually alter the situation? <laughs> what I'm thinking is... What, what, supposing, give another example. Well, well no. supposing... Oh, well, you know, we, we have like War of the Worlds and shit like that, but supposing that this was... Unforgiven, and then aliens showed up, and it's like, holy shit, right, guys? Um, would we need some sort of a scenario where in the third act they can break into the aliens' shit and break it up? Or could it literally just be this inex- inexplicable sort of surreal thing where these cowboys who have no insight whatsoever into electronic technology, let alone this shit, are just trying to comprehend what's going on and outrun it? I mean, could we have sort of a looking seeking a friend for the end of the world style movie where instead of being modern it's then i mean it's just it's just a fucking act of god happening in a western would that not be satisfying i I think that's the far superior way to do it because i don't think really trying to do it this way makes much sense i mean in if this were to actually happen could you conceive of any group of people that be like i think the best course of action would be to go fight the aliens no, the be- the best is to treat them as a find a big of- rock as an incomprehensible force of nature and have them just attempt to survive yeah. that hurricane that rolls over. I them. guess that the so- thing is, if you're going to try and if if you want to work in triumph, it's like okay, what do the aliens want? How about we destroy that and maybe they'll go away. <laughs> They yeah, want gold? I mean, Fucking blow up the mines. Fuck it. Let's get out of here. You could, well, I mean, you could go that way. I mean, I just think it's I think it's better. It's much simpler to just make it a survival story of this hurricane of awfulness is rolling over them and their hope, their desperate infinitesimal hope is to just survive it. Well, War sure. of the Worlds and Signs are both alien movies as Signs survival movies. Signs was what movies. I was thinking yeah. as you were saying that, yeah. yeah. Alien movies as survival movies where yeah. you're literally just waiting it out and you have a few great spooky moments with the aliens and you're just trying to get away from whatever the And to be honest, happening. Signs is great until they decide yeah. they have solved the problem right. and that yeah. we get that scene. Better gold than water, but whatever. Yeah. At least gold is useful. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. Actually, no. It's water not. is far water more is useful. Water is far more useful. But, but, but 
far more plentiful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, you know, once you've once you've I'm just gold tipped all of your electro, you know, all your speaker cables on your planet. You uh, got to go to other planets to get more gold. <laughs> I'm just thinking because on the face of it, it sounds like cowboys and aliens. How do you fuck that up? But then when I try to really examine it, it seems like there's really not very many good ways to do that. You basically are going to have to have some sort of a. Well, no, a, you can, a cinematic non sequitur. You just you, you need to you know you you place you need to place the gun on the mantelpiece and then and then use it later. It's like what is it about cowboys or Indians or you know primitive the, Earth the, the that, al- that is your secret weapon against the aliens? And I mean even that the, the fact aliens that can't actually defend against. The fact is he has a literal secret alien weapon on his arm, and yeah. it ultimately doesn't really matter for the. I mean it does, but he doesn't even do it. Yeah, the, that's yeah. The alien the, Olivia Wilde. The the, the the sub the secondary character. It's like this. I haven't seen a movie conclusion this unsatisfactory since Star Trek: The Motion Picture, <laughs> in which no main character actually does anything of any importance, and it's the two supporting characters that we just met who actually go on to the new plane of existence. So it's like, yeah, I was like, well, what was all that about? It's like, again, it's like all. Lantern Jaw needed to do was get on board the thing with the box. That's it. Lantern That's draw. all that needed to happen. <laughs> and she missed every chance to say, listen, it's this simple. Give me that. Help <laughs> me get on board. Done. <laughs> this is done. You know what the problem is? None of this concerns you guys. <laughs> Here's the greater Hollywood history of Hollywood white problem with aliens. No one has a really good answer for what aliens want to do. I can't think of a really interesting and convincing example of an alien motivation. What do they want? Well, they either want the planet, which that's happened a couple times, but usually they just want to destroy it for reasons that don't really make that much sense, or they want to like mine it for minerals or something, or they want to take over people or use them for fuel or some shit. Like, there's not a really good motivation that I can think of anywhere in movies where it's like that makes sense. Now I'm scared because I know what they want and I know how they're going to do it, and we can't stop that shit. And then the movie starts. Well, happening. it's true. War of well, the Worlds. War of the Worlds. I thought. No. I mean, we did War of the Worlds. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like. I don't buy the aliens of War of the Worlds, and I don't buy their plan. It Why? makes no sense. Their plan is to terraform this world so they can use it. Yeah, but they're they're the of plan. Of course, they're still walking around naked. So there's that. But <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's a similar problem to science. You're like you come all this way and you have all this technology, but you still need to do this to to achieve this goal. That yeah. makes no sense. They could have just started terraforming. They didn't have to pick us off one by one. Yeah, yeah, and they would have died either way. I, I, well, I, apparently I, we fuel their terraforming fucking spray yeah. or whatever. But yeah. what if I told you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I frankly, I, I agree with you, Teague. Uh, I think it's an insurmountable problem because I don't think there is a real. There's not a good answer to that question. There, there's not a good real answer to that question that would compel us as a species to forcibly remove an alien species from, or really. Oh, yeah, uh, for there's an no alien species for that shit. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> we would never but, do something like that. But, but the scale is completely different. The 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 scales involved in interstellar travel and space travel it just well it but see, the other thing is does is, it carry over on a human like, story I, level that's why i think independence day makes sense because it's like independence day they're not oh we're going to come take all their shit and take it back to our home planet it's right. like they don't have a home planet they yeah. go to a shit they go to a planet and they go now we do this one right and they wipe us out it's like and that's and that's if we ever end up going to another star if we get there and go oh there seems to be a semi intelligent species here already Sucks to be them, I guess, because yeah. it's not like we're going home. We're right. here now. This and is I, where we are. And I think Independence Day is one of the best examples of it. It's one of the smallest contrivances of that yeah. that type that exists. But, like locusts. But when you tr- I think when you try to add more nuance to it, like War of the Worlds does, or Cowboys and Aliens, or Signs, or anything else, it just doesn't hold up because there's nothing... 
that would make sense in the real world for any sp- for that to actually happen. Well, imagine the opposite of Avatar. Uh, imagine we're the Navi and then the humans come. All that would really look like to us is a bunch of sh- like completely fucking indescribable and inexplicable ships arrive and just start mining shit. Like they literally just start like turning cities over and just taking shit. Now that looks like a great alien invasion movie, but what the aliens are doing, they're just like, sorry, we're just peeling back the core a little bit to get this cool stuff. Then we're going to filter it. We're going to do our stuff with it. You know, I'll, you know, you're in the way. I'm sorry about that, but we're just taking stuff. And then we shoot our guns at it. Nothing happens because our guns don't do anything to them. I mean, all, it's a, it's anticlimactic and you can't stop it. I mean, it's industrial on a, on a level beyond what our weapons could deal with. And that's and that's exactly what this movie is. This movie yeah. is Avatar, except yeah. that we're all the more sympathetic with the Navi because we are the Navi. And it's still maybe it could make sense. I guess I mean, it's, like that the, sounds well, like the, the most the, plausible the issue thing. Is, Avatar told us a, gave us a, a scenario by which the primitive culture actually was able to defeat. You know, their 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 technique was to have one of the advanced aliens switch sides, and that was the the thing that turned the tide. This movie didn't necessarily need to go that route, but you know, that's what screenwriting is: is you go, okay, here are these characters in an impossible situation. What really awesome, brilliant thing are they going to come up with that's right. going to turn the tide? That's screenwriting. Yeah. That's how you write a fucking movie. If you can, because if you can answer that question, if you can get them into that corner and then plausibly get them out, yeah. that's, that's great entertaining. That's suspense. Yeah. That's suspense yeah. and drama. Exactly because yeah. that, because when you go into a movie, especially a movie like this, and I, I know we've talked about this before, and, it's it, like, and, and you the, know and that the movie right now win. is kind of doing. It. It's like what do they have? They do have dynamite, and they have figured out that that's where the flying ships come from. Step one: get rid of the flying ships. So far, so good. That yeah, this is making sense. What they're doing right now is making sense. It's about the only time it's going to. Yeah, it, it's. I don't really remember what I was talking about. Actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, it's fine. It's fine. I just want to be topical about what. No, absolutely, about. absolutely. Avatar, but you were talking about motivation. Paint, paint someone in a corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paint someone in a corner that looks like they can't get out of, and then get them out. Yeah, because a lot of times you go to see a movie like this, especially especially a movie like this, and you're like, okay, the good guys are going to win. How? What I want you to do, movie is convince me that they can't <laughs> and then show me them and doing then, it st- and then surprise still. me as to how they're going yes, to do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Part of the thing. I mean, now I mean that's what it, 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 that goes for any any genre. I mean, that's what romantic comedy is. It's like you show every reason that these people Emily Blunt at, and Jason Segel are going to somehow miraculously yeah. end up together. The reason yeah. that these people cannot cannot or will not be together and then you bring them together at the end. Because you know they're going to get together at the end, but you have to find all the obstacles you can to right. throw in their way. And the obstacles and overcoming them is what's entertaining. Yeah, it's killing me. Because, you know, we're limited. Effectively, we're limited by our humanity in terms of the incentives that we understand and we can reconcile, especially in a two-hour chunk of entertainment, as a reason to do something on a planet-wide scale. I'm discovering more and more two hours is a good long time. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very long time. It's hard to understand incentives in that... In that t- it's great for novels, I guess, but for movies, it's kind of tricky. And especially when you consider, well, if you're allowing yourself so much realism as to expect that aliens will have motivations, you couldn't fathom. You literally could not understand what they're going to do that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. But then you get the... What you end up with, like the manifest images that portray what we're talking about there are something like a district nine ship shows up and then the planet just starts catching fire it's, or something like that it's like, it's like we don't get what they're doing they know what they're doing but we can't explain it to you because they're not here to tell you that, but that's right from and our that's perspective fine. it's just a force that's of nature fine. that's force, fine the God. problem is the humans don't make any sense either yeah. what they're yeah. doing oh, yeah no, that's, that's where the that's where you fall apart that's why 2012 doesn't work yeah 
Yeah, Except for John Cusack is awesome. The whole the whole argument of like, well, they're an advanced species, then they would obviously be benign and 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 benevolent. Oh, no. No, like, no. Not like, benign, no. Like I said, ask cows, ask cows if that theory holds up. Yeah, yeah, they've got some serious technology, and what do they use it for? Um, they systematically slaughter us and eat us. And that's it? They couldn't do that. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Look how not, advanced they look are. Look how advanced they are. They must be enlightened. It's like Star Trek, right? Uh, not yet, no. It's, uh, <laughs> not, not from our Not own. in our case, no. It's not that way. Yeah, and so for the next like 20... It, this is also repetitive is the problem. For the next 20 minutes, the aliens are just going to tackle people off horses. And like it, That's it, what it keeps coming back to them doing. Oh, that it, one thought of a gun. <laughs> it's still naked, but he thought of a gun. And it gets to he's, the point where... He's the, he's the outlaw. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else had this feeling, but I certainly did. It was like... Okay, have they not run out of guys yet? Because it seems like... <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't he say 30 guys at one point? I feel like well, there's been a... And okay, there's also the... There's Indian. about 40 tackles go, that go yeah. down. Yeah. yeah but. I mean, there's there's more than just the, those 30 guys, but it feels like we've probably run through the gamut of guys on horses yeah. after a certain point. Especially how quickly they keep getting knocked over. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, the way film grammar works is like you're... You're assuming on a certain level that every tackle you do see is standing in for five or six tackles. Right. So it's okay. So we saw that one. But meanwhile, we've been with Daniel Craig. So I'm assuming in the time that we were with Daniel <laughs> yeah, Craig, yeah. five other there guys. Was, the got tackling tackles. was still happening. Exactly. There. Yeah. There was some tackling. It's, it's like if you stop watching a football game for 20 minutes, they don't just wait for you to come back. <laughs> they're, they're punching the shit out of each other. <laughs> now, there is a fun well, thing. Well, they're only punching the shit out of each other if they're the. Uh, the uh, New Orleans, fair enough. The, the Saints, but yeah, you know, the, the now one of the things Did is we just half-ass attempt a sports reference. Yeah, here? yeah, I know. It's, it's really not not lost not me. We, not something we should do. The <laughs> here he goes, like, yeah, here he goes. Stephen Lang is commanding the troops. Run out there, <laughs> give them a big bear hug, throw them to the ground, and bite them. That's what we, the advanced space-faring species, <laughs> do. That's how it works. <laughs> you with the gun, what the fuck? Put that down. Put, you go back and you put that down right now. Mister. We can annihilate well, them, Chief. We got this button. It just annihilates the atoms. Right it turns here. them into dust. Nope. How many times Rawr. do I have to tell you? Do I have to come over there and bite you on the neck? Wouldn't it be great if they... <laughs> Lead by example. Ouch. Wouldn't it be great if they kept like tackling and killing the horses? It's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they think they're the yeah. species. See that? You can almost do a thing like that. I could see that almost working. That's that's almost like you know a, a hitchhiker's guide where Ford thinks cars are the, uh, yes, the dominant he was, species. He was trying to trying to make friends with cars first. The aliens kind of that's, that's why they keep killing cows and stuff because there's so many mo- yeah. more of them. First of all, <laughs> most of the shots of the aliens work really well. Oh Second, yeah. Secondly, yeah. I don't like the design. Secondly, yeah, like, they're, what they're the hell goofy. am I looking at? I mean, what? It, what? It's like a frog, but an insect, and it also looks and weirdly like the creature from uh, from Super Eight as well. Yeah, it's like almost yeah. like the same designer, like got the same got the call. The same I week. think it. I think it is the same guy, uh, Neville something. I can't remember, but um, Long Bottom. There, no, there was I, a. Oh look, there was please? a thing that was paid off. He couldn't shoot, and he learned to shoot, and then he shot an alien. It, it's, it's almost refreshing that they did that <laughs> in the chat room. For, for me, I find it, it's it's more annoying when they do demonstrate that basic competency on that level, yeah. but completely fail on it on the larger level. <laughs> in the chat elsewhere says it's the prime directive, Trey: punching and biting only. Okay, so we're gonna beam down to the planet. All but we can do is just punching and biting. Just all we can do is punch it's and bite. Slappers only, and and sleep with their women. That's it. Those are the three things that we can do. The third one's kind of a, a hidden guideline, but it's true. We can do that <laughs> for captains only. Did he just shed a tear? He did. Yeah. He, he actually, did someone drop a piece of trash? <laughs> I know. Oh, you oh. went there before me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Harrison Ford's like, damn, I've only got five surrogate sons left. 
I only have another five shots at redemption. He was my he was my <laughs> he was my true son, and I just realized it just now. And it, all this has been a fool's errand to capture a fellow who's who's not even actually worth it. No, none of that is happening right now. That's none of that's. I'm not thinking any of those things. I don't want my son back. The douchebag son who shoots people randomly. <laughs> this is a really interesting valley that they're in. It's a beautiful location. Utah, something like that, probably. Uh, they mentioned Santa Fe at one point. I don't know. If it's it should be in yeah, New Mexico. Mexico could be. But there's a lot of film incentives from New Mexico right now, so well, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I associate areas like the southwestern United States with sort of a sedimentary red-looking rocks, and that's kind of gray-looking rocks. Well, they have more than one kind of rock in New Mexico. Nuh-uh! <laughs> well, 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 I am a geologist. <laughs> but since Back off, man. I'm a geologist. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I was an anything-ist... Even a Scientologist. Yeah. Back off, man. I'm a Scientologist. I'm a Scientologist. <laughs> I'm a tra- uh, that A lot I'm of a people would be like, okay, I'm going to back right off then, because yikes. Please don't sue me. On the, uh, we're watching this on uh, iTunes, right? I, I, rented, um, I rented it from Redbox. Mm. And like is many, it still in Redbox? It still is in Redbox. Oh. It's, been, it's, been, it's been in Redbox <laughs> continuously for months and months and months, just taunting me, going, you know you want to watch me again. I'm like, no, I really don't want to watch <laughs> you again, ever. Um, I was <laughs> scraping deep into the bottom of Redbox. I was like, okay, I might even... Oh. I haven't ever used Redbox. Is the Katy Perry movie out yet? Yeah, don't make exactly. Me watch the- I'll watch the... I'll, <laughs> okay, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe in that ghost movie. Fine, bring it. Anything but, uh, anything but watching Cowboys and Aliens again. I was never tempted once. Um, but what, like they did... Do, um, on on certain things is is it'll be the DVD, but and it'll even it'll have the full menu and everything. But the menu for all the special features is actually disabled. Where if you click on any of the things, you just get a title card that goes. Well, this is a rental. If you would like to see the special features, buy it, then, then buy the whole thing. So so hell. the uh, the special features. It's a buck. Of, that sounds pretty good to me. The special feature, yeah, exactly for you know, ninety nine cents or dollar thirty for a new release. Um, the special features of this one, the first one is called Finding the Story. I was like, I really do want to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Because if they realize that they needed to find one, I want to know what went wrong. Because <laughs> uh, I want to hear them talk about, you. What, okay, tell me how you found the story. I'm fascinated. <laughs> I need to hear this. I've never used Redbox. Is it basically just a vending machine? You don't need it an, is. You don't need an account or anything, right? You just walk up and put in your No, you don't need an account. If you st- if you C4 and you get Cowboys and You can start an account, and if you have an account, then you can go online, and you can even... This is actually kind of fun, is you can actually check what's in the machine at that moment oh, wow. and reserve it so that no one can check it out before you <laughs> oh, get there. cool. So that's, that's pretty badass. <laughs> no one tell 4chan. We'll never get any movies. That's the future. You know, It's like you can literally go, ooh, the copy of uh, you know the new movie is back in. Reserve, and if you you know get there by 11 p.m., it's yours. You know, so huh. it's pretty sweet. And you just dump it back into the machine. You just slip it right back in the slot. Cool. It's like, it's like giving them the can back after you drank the Pepsi. I should start using Redbox. That's it's pretty good. I I, I resisted until both brick and mortar stores in my neighborhood closed. All 45 blocks. I, I didn't. Went away. I didn't go there until until <laughs> this location only. Exactly. There's Walt Goggins apparently in this movie. That was so sad. That sign. Yeah, well, there was a big ass blockbuster by both of our houses, and it was closing. And there was a big banner in the window that said "closing this location only." It's like, oh, well, no, the, the hilarious. Then we'll, then we'll ignore the rumor. Oh, the hilarious oh. thing about that was there was the blockbuster that uh, Teague is referring to, which is across the street from where I live. There's also one about half a mile away on Ventura uh, in another little mini mall section. 
both of which were closing at the same time, both of which had that giant yellow and black sign <laughs> that said, location. store closing, <laughs> this location only. Well, oh, you're not that, fooling That's anybody. kind of the equivalent of, don't panic, everything's <laughs> yeah. fine. The, now, the sign might as well have said, stockholders, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. See what I do in that situation? Just rent a bunch of movies, never take them back. <laughs> Fuck them, they're going to be yeah. bankrupt in a second. You know, I they're not going to pay anyone to call me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I rented a copy of Jackie Brown in college, which I still have. I guess I'm. A, I guess I'm in the clear. As long as you don't do it, you're, with, uh, I you're think, the reason they went under, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I think probably. the way the world works is, as long as you don't do that with books, you're fine. But then <laughs> you're, you're, if you're an asshole, if you do that with books, just, just to talk about the movie briefly because I feel compelled to. Um, oh look, more horse tackling going yeah. on. Horse tacking, punching, and biting. <laughs> <laughs> the trifecta, the, the hallmark of an advantage. That guy's that guy's a general. Yeah, the hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> he's in charge. Yeah, he's in charge. Let me show you how it's done. I'm only going to show you this one more time. Um, yet another th- uh, thing about you know screenwriting and you know what you hope from screenwriting. Okay, so Daniel Craig has an alien device on his wrist, and okay, he's going to have a big showdown where. I'm gonna. There's a. There's just gonna be a million of them coming through this tunnel, and I'm gonna blast them. Which he does. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fail. It doesn't <laughs> run out of ammo. He doesn't have to think of a new plan. Yeah. He just continues to blast them until they stop coming. He's and just shooting the stakes down, and that's the scene. <laughs> I was I was talking with uh, Jake Lloyd yesterday. We actually watched it uh, together yesterday, and he actually made a good point about that scene, which I thought would be great to see if. If prior to that moment, the thing had worked inconsistently, he didn't know how it worked. And the, sometimes the Spider-Man did, version? Yeah, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And then you have this oh shit moment where you have, you know, the alien scene where, you know, 50 of them are barreling down the corridor at you. And, and then you have this oh shit Now moment. or never. Yeah. And, it's, and at that moment, is it going to work or not? Because it doesn't always in the past. And, you know, there's suspense to be drawn from that. That's yeah. great. That would have been a nice Dude. touch, a nice aspect of or, it. Or flip it the other way. It's been fine up to now, and now it doesn't work. What yep. are you going to do now, tough guy? Yeah. You know? It's like Gotta either, use either of those would be something a screenwriter might have come up with. Yeah. Wait a second. At the beginning of this movie, wasn't he like supernaturally good at fighting? He's just Daniel he's, Craig? Like someone was going like to throw a punch Western behind hero. him, and he like ducked and caught the punch. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. He's that good. Yeah. Here's the bit where it's like, oh, yeah, He's I totally... Jason Bourne in the Old West. If I reach out with my arms... I I'm so need to grab this child that I will expose my inner organs to him yeah. without even looking at him. It's a perfect scenario. There's a shock. He stabbed me. He had a weapon. <laughs> Stabbing. My only weakness. <laughs> <laughs> See... Sir, they're actually using weapons. Look, <laughs> we have a way we, we have do a things, plan and we're going to. St- <laughs> it actually reminds me of the uh, the Turtle Dove series, the World at War. Uh, yeah, with the, the 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 alien, which is another great premise. And I, I love I love the World War series. It's uh, amazing. Uh, it's it's and it's another great genre bending premise. It's yeah. like okay, it's World War Two and aliens. Awesome, uh, but in that the the aliens and it's set up as a thing. We're like the aliens evolve and and develop really slowly so they sent their scouts and, and that was like medieval times and then they show up still expecting medieval times but we're in world war ii and they're like oh sh- they have radios and tanks they're, they're already like, only 500 years ago they were on horses they just yeah. discovered iron yeah how can they have flying machines yeah exactly that was but 500 but, years ago but that's a whole quality of their characters like they they have a plan they spend a lot of time building their plan but they yeah. stick to their plan and their society doesn't change yeah the society is very stagnant I'm going to sound like an internet nerd when I say this, but you know who could have nailed this script? Josh Sweden. No, I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. He would have. Like, yeah. Well, sure, of course. No, uh, Stephen Moffat. Because he's incredibly used to doing stuff like this in the Doctor Who series, where 
go pick it. Basically, Doctor Who functions these days in the last couple of uh, series has been pick a time frame, pick a monster, and then just combine them and make it work. Now the through line there is you have the Doctor who everyone already likes and you can follow him through the series, but you get you know get fucking Vincent Van Gogh fighting an invisible demon monster. Did you just say Van Gogh? Yeah, you went native on us. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, anyway, Vincent Van Gogh and Rachel Weiss. <laughs> Weiss. See, I was doing a and Monette. I was doing a thing. <laughs> Monette. I thought you meant Manette. <laughs> Danny thinks Molière was Italian, and you, you get Stephen Moffat in here. He can. I think he can knock that out of the park because whatever it is, he figures out. I, actually, I think it ties into what Dorkman was saying. He just figures out the humanity of it. He just makes people characters. Yep. Huh. Through yep. lines and characters are important. Screenwriting is easy. I th- yep. And I th- now the movie's over. <laughs> as far as our characters yeah. go, by the way. I think way. it's very simple. All you it's like, is just go away. But, okay, here's an imaginary situation. What would I do in this situation? How would I deal with this problem? And that's, that's how you build a story. Yeah. And it's like, that's how you build a, a character that feels and seems and acts human. Okay, here's the situation. What would I do in this situation? Or what would this imaginary person in the situation do to solve whatever problem they are presented with? Okay, well, I would do this. Well, if I did that, then this would happen as a result. And how would I deal with that? And so on and so forth. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of movies like this, the main character is not a person. It's yeah. this archetype of the sad badass. You know, <laughs> the there's, sad al- ass. There's, there's always there's always a dead wife or something in yeah. his past that he's sad about. However, but otherwise, he doesn't. Care I will about say that that's a Western trope, and that you should sure. do that plenty of times. I mean, that's the thing about that is that's a character we talked about this before. That's the lone antihero. He's the, he can't change. He doesn't change, and he won't become part of it. Now he does right off in the sunset at the end. So they yeah. do basically follow that rule. They tried to give him too much backstory. They tried to make us care about why he's broken, and that's not really the point of that character. You know, that character is like. You know, he's just a guy. He's messed up. I'm sorry you're having trouble with aliens, but I'm headed that away. Best of luck to y'all. And he gets roped into the scenario. Yeah. But after that, it's like, and now I'm leaving. And he does. <laughs> that character is a you know, classic He's Western not the trope. one that has the arc. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't arc and the other characters do. So he shouldn't and can't, if you're going to make him be that character, have any learning experience. It should be the Harrison Ford character. It should be the Paul Dano character. character. It should be the Sam Rockwell character. It should be whoever. You know, it's like, okay, who, who learned something from this journey? You know, it's not Olivia Wilde. She, she kills herself. She's like, a, um, and once again, it's like, she, she, we, we were talking about other things during the scene, but you know, she kisses him and that relaxes him and makes it fall off his wrist. And she goes, thanks. And climbs up the hole. That's all that needed to happen. Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, she could even, I can't tell you, by the way, kiss me, relax, thud, thanks, gone. I mean, she, she could have done that. She could have like, hey, that chick stole my wrist thing. And they could have chased her and like caught up with her and said, what was that about? I'm going to make you tell me. And that could have been a story. But, you know, no. You'll find out. You'll see. I can't tell you. You can tell me. You could have told me two days ago. It's been an observation that I've liked. There was no reason not to, and now that you've told me, I find I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been an observation that I've liked for a long time. Uh, I dare you to try to find a Gregory in a movie that's on an asshole, but I'm going to add Percy (laughs) to that list. Percy and Gregory are assholes in all movies. You'll never never find an all right Gregory or an all right Percy. They all suck. Hmm. And you know what? Hank is moving up that list. (laughs) Hank, yeah. What is it with names? Just like fucking Hank? I don't like you immediately. Tom Hanks. Now this Percy. guy, 
Oh, Tom Hanks. This alien Tom here Hanks. is clearly not with the program because it's like, dude, you could have punched and bitten him like 50 times now. Yeah. You're going to use well, your machinery that is so I like, gay. I like well, this But this bit. one is the one from before, so he has yeah. the personal vendetta. That's right. He's the, I'm going to finish probing you. <laughs> that was my, my God. That was my whole point. That was my plan. Yeah, I I, I liked. I, I'm actually disappointed because I liked the the reveal of the scar. Yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, I I bet there's people in the back of the theater who didn't see it, so we'll have him pick up yeah, the light and, and, and hold it, it right next to himself, so we can definitely see the scar and then bring it back in." That made me sad. Oh, and in the chat room points out that there was a Percy on Thomas the Tank Engine. Doesn't count. No, Percy from Thomas Tank. He's kind of a dick. I just, I just eliminate outstanding. I just eliminate outliers from my observations. <laughs> bias that I'm going to post it in science. And here's a, here's this a, data does not support my conclusions. Bizarrely, I another Game of Thrones moment. I got published. You. But at least it's one that works. It's like yeah. you want gold, choke on it. <laughs> you know, it's like it works for the same reason. It's just like, how's that for irony? You got your gold. Cut to Arnold Schwarzenegger just oh, that, waiting. Yeah, that's so. Like I almost wish. Like we were saying, just this, the refuge in audacity. This almost would have been a better movie if they'd just been pulling that shit all the time. You want gold? <laughs> no. It's like, oh, well, it's that kind of movie. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> and then slap a grindhouse filter on it and yeah. pretend we didn't spend $300 million. Yeah. yeah, really. I mean, it could have been the whole thing with the bandits and, hey, where's our gold? And, you know, it was a small sack full of gold. Like, what if it was like a whole shipment? That, like, they robbed a train. Maybe this was the original version. They robbed a train. It was like a whole big shipment of gold bullion. And, of course, the aliens went, ooh, sweet. We'll take that. And then it was all about how the bandits were literally, we're going to get our freaking gold back. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the movie? That would have been great. That was right. that the movie? That wasn't the movie. That's the movie I think should have been. Okay. Like, we're going to get it's, it's about we're gonna get our <laughs> fucking gold back. They stole it from us, and that's just not on. We're not having that. And then, and then along the course of the way, they end up teaming up all with these, all these people yeah, these who other, want to destroy the aliens. They're, they're massacring yeah. the townspeople and all that kind of stuff. And Daniel Craig and his cronies are like, well, this is really not our thing to help people. But since we're all kind of in a common goal And, and here, we kind of need an army to pull this off anyway. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, fine. When, if the Apaches, fine. Bring them in. Let's but do then, that. Then you also, I mean, along the way, you have a character or some characters that go, you're going to attack the aliens? Are you insane? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? You don't get it. They took our gold. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> and then... And then, of, and then there's the moment at the end where they get there, they've got the gold, and but everything's gone to shit, and they're like, well, we can't what? leave might now. Well just blow the place <laughs> we might up. As well, we might as see, well help. See, even then you got a Butch Cassidy scenario because even the government comes in and goes, you stole our gold. Like, well, we're going to go get it back. You want to help? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could actually use you guys on this. <laughs> it's a funny thought experiment. Uh, another that would be amazing. <laughs> We've talked that, about God, uh, that's such a good movie in my head. Cowboys already. and Aliens. I'm copyrighting as of now. <laughs> as of right now, we've talked about like nine other different ways they could have done this movie. Yeah. Here's a tenth. Just as a thought experiment. Imagine the opposite movie. Imagine you're watching this incredibly weird sci-fi film with these aliens that you don't know, but you're starting to understand their plight and their motivation. And they go down to like mine this place, and then a bunch of fucking cowboys somehow stop them, and they're the whole time like, "How is this happening? How are they stopping us? This makes no sense." <laughs> and they just like skitter away and then all of a sudden they blow up credits <laughs> there's what there's yet another touch here like even with the movie they had is like you know and I, th I think it's implied but it feels like there's a shot missing because it's like it's it should have been spelled out more because okay the aliens have been you know they've got this huge collection of gold they've been sucking the gold out of the ground all that kind of stuff when the ship blows up everyone should like run for cover as huge lumps of yeah. molten gold come splashing down all yeah. around it's now it's all perfectly it's there it's refined it's like we're freaking rich yeah. yeah that 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 moment is implied but never happens 
there's something about how the town's going to be renewed, but it's like the, the payoff should be it literally rains gold down on them, and these lumps of gold are flat hitting and the ground. Well, the, the whole moment is this little like implied Death Star Holocaust thing where it explodes safely in the sky, but the pieces don't actually come yeah. back down yeah. at all. There should yeah. be hunks yeah. of something. <laughs> So yeah, so you'd have the, the, the extra little action beat of everyone has to run for cover in the rocks. Yeah, but it's like, hey, half of that debris is freaking solid yeah. gold. Yeah, there's uh, there, there's also the moment I'm expecting Olivia Wilde to come back because I'm like, she doesn't die. We've established <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, she she got vaporized good that time. Yeah, I thought that too when I saw the movie. She walked I was out like, of the gold and now she's she gonna come them. back. Like, yeah, well, my work here is done. That was a good vaporizing. <laughs> Now here we go. Now he's like supposed to be sympathetic. It's like eight seconds ago in your time, you were being a douchebag and you shot a guy in the arm for we no s- reason. We still hate you. Yeah, you haven't done anything good. Oh my God, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah look at that. Sam Rockwell was in this movie the whole time. Twist Shyamalan. <laughs> 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 he was Sam Rockwell the whole time. Yeah, he was just hiding <laughs> and not being funny at all. He's so cool. Look at his mustache. Yeah. He's, yeah. His little glasses. I'm just, I mean, you know why he did this. It's like, because he sees all the names on it. He's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to be in that movie. What am I doing? Am I pouring them drinks? I'm doing it on camera though, right? Fine. (laughs) People might even see this one. I'd be happy to be in it. Yeah, there you go. I kind of get the feeling Featured extra, I'll take it. He doesn't even dance. He didn't even get to dance in this He doesn't dance. He didn't dance, not once. I kind of get the feeling that he was like, yeah, I'll do the movie, but can I be normal just this once? I kind of get yeah. the feeling from him. There's like, I just, I don't want to do that again. Just immediately. Give, hey, me, if, one, if give me one. Sam Rockwell, the the version we were just talking about with them, like, mm. they took our gold. We got to go get it back. Sam Rockwell is the lead. Bam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome Green movie. Light. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> that explains it. The fact, I brought you flowers, long dead woman who I don't remember. Oh, but here's Olivia Wilde as a hummingbird. Got a boner. It's like, is it? It's look at his boner face. Like, well, he who? Because right the hummingbird before was the harbinger yeah. of him remembering the other girls. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it, is it? What uh. it, he has these two women that he's hung up on, and they're both, and they're both dead. dead. <laughs> so who is he even thinking of? Okay, and, what's the common theme here? Uh, don't ever date don't that don't guy. date Daniel Craig. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> For that bad. matter, if you've been watching the James Bond movies, there's not a good track record there either. <laughs> Daniel Craig kills women. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what we're trying to say is Daniel Craig kills women. <laughs> Harrison Ford hates gold and Daniel Craig kills women. <laughs> no, pay attention. That whole girl with the dragon tattoo thing, red herring. Harrison Ford hates Indians. Oh. Think of how many Indians he's killed. How many native. No, wait. Native he's tribesmen. dancing right there. Never mind. Okay, he's dancing. Okay, okay good. Phew. That was a dancing. Oh, that was close. If you've, seen, if you've seen Sam Rockwell, Sam yeah. Rockwell dance, you think that's not dancing. <laughs> I want so, Sam Rockwell just to come. Well, there you go. All this gold. That yeah, all this gold. gold. All what gold exactly? You the know all those gold. stories of no. Bill Murray being like, you know, never... they say, tell, don't show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all those that's, stories. That's, of... I've heard them say that. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray <laughs> walks up to a cafe and taps him on the shoulder and says, they'll never believe you and walks away. <laughs> I want something like that for Sam Rockwell where he just enters strangers' homes, does a box step, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> no one will believe that happened. No one will believe you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Naughty Caprice. It was like, suddenly he's like, I just, What? Surely, these two actors who have been in, you know, high-caliber movies, Dan, Dan has been in, like, several Oscar-nominated movies, did they never once go, I'm sorry, question, <laughs> I don't when actually, did I become not a douchebag? Yeah. yeah. I was I was actually shocked, but because it was Paul Dano, I was 
going, surely they, they're not going to just throw him away. They're like not just going to throw him away. He's yeah. amazing, and surely they're going to use him. No, no, nope. yeah. Give us some reason why he's in this yeah. movie. Yeah, that that's actually a part that I find very curious is when you have a, a very smart, very talented actor. They are the they are by and large the kind that go okay. They really analyze their part, and if they have problems with it, they tend to, you know, they will speak up and go okay. So this scene doesn't make sense. Why would I do this? And wouldn't it make more sense if I do this instead? And and why don't we do that? And you have a whole stable of actors that are that. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And none of the, did none of them go. Excuse me. Harrison Ford turned down Indiana Jones movies for decades. Yeah. <laughs> because the script wasn't good enough. Yeah, but then he ultimately did one, and and then and then know. I guess once those floodgates are open, there's no, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle after that. <laughs> the dam broke, and that was it. Here's <laughs> yeah. our last shot here. Now it's anything, and then he he literally rides off into the sunset. Although they forgot to put the sun over yeah, there. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he rides off into the, the clouds. The approximately eleven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys and aliens, man. This movie just—it's one of those things where you know what's crazy. I wasn't depressed by Battleship, but I am depressed by this. More because well, because Battleship. I, I don't on. see. I don't yeah. see. You know, obviously, you could bullshit your way into making a good movie with the premise of Battleship, but you really shouldn't have to bullshit your way into making a good movie if you're doing something as weird and borderline asinine and completely non sequitur as Cowboys and Aliens. It's like, okay, all right, challenge accepted. I'm going to do this, and you go into your room and you write for six months, and you come out and you got this fucking amazing like, whoa! I'd never, I would have never thought you could make a movie like that out of Cowboys and Aliens. That's great. But no, that's not what we got at all. I mean, and it's it's shit like that that depresses me more because at the beginning of the whole down in front thing years ago with Wild Wild West, where everyone was like, "This movie sucks," and I'm like, "I don't get it." Basically, the revelation that I had to have was, "Okay, you're looking at what you got, but imagine what you could have had." But now yeah. I'm I'm just sort of like fatally locked into imagine what you could have had mode, <laughs> yeah. and I'm looking at Cowboys and Aliens and just getting bummed as fuck. Brian Fenner, go, <laughs> yeah, drop the mic. <laughs> I think there's a lot more tragedy in Wasted Potential than there is in something that was a disaster from Square One. Battle, uh, Battleship was always going that to be... That was a Freudian slip right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to say Battlestar. Yeah. Well, Battlestar is a huge tragedy because there's a lot of Wasted Potential in that. But uh, I think there's a lot of... I, there's, I think that it's a greater tragedy for Wasted Potential than from something that's going to be a disaster from Square One. Battleship was always going to be a disaster. But this... there's this As we, as we covered could have been amazing in 20 different ways and was so close to being awesome in any one of those ways. There is a historical consultant. Hang your head in shame, sir. <laughs> and an Apache consultant. He works for the History Channel. A historical consultant or, or <laughs> yeah. hang his yeah. head in shame. It, or maybe he hanged himself in the hotel bathroom yeah. three days into production. <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was the aliens guy. So they're like, so how would it really have happened <laughs> yeah. back in the... Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know what? If they'd asked that guy, this would have been a better movie, too. Probably. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And the aliens, they had the lore to work from. What do the aliens do? Um, They go, ah. Hang on, hang on. I got really Scott on line, too. I'll get back. Hold on. <laughs> so, yeah. The waste of potential, which is far more of a tragedy than just crap from square one. Dorkman. Yes. You know you loved it. <laughs> you loved it. Meh. <laughs> 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 I, I yeah, it's just Meh, I say like you say we we pretty much covered it. It's it's there's well there's there's something to be disappointed about here. There's there's a certain kind of movie where it's like uh, you know concept as, alone, not even the pedigree, yeah, it's the concept. It's it's like 
there's a certain kind of movie where it's like, as long as it's not boring, I guess you've done your job. You know, with <laughs> something like Battleship or whatever, it's like, well, what were you really expecting? You can't be disappointed like you thought that was going to be good. But yeah. something or Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, it's like if you just get within ten miles of the possibility of that premise. Yeah, you you've won. You know. Yeah, but this you know this movie. There's cowboys and there's aliens and and. I, I it just wasn't it, how is that not interesting? Yeah. How do you blow that with you know Harrison Ford and you know yeah. great cast and you know and good uh, good producers? Extroid, pull that quote up because that's Extroid brought up something really important because this is true. I saw this as well. Um, oh find, yeah, find that actual quote. Well, he's pulling that up. It. Trey, uh, give yeah, us your I'll, little I'll wrap up. up. Give us your give us your wrap up on Cowboys and Aliens. The, well, Extroid brought up something that uh, you know it was kind of shocking. The the president or head of production or whoever it was, we can get to see if we can get the quote. Head of production Universal months later said something along the lines of, "Yeah, that one not so good. You know, not really very good. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like you know, it's like in a stock. We need to stop making like, bullshit movies. Yeah, like, like that, this that one. Yeah, what he just, said. Uh, we didn't. You know, and and every time you know someone says something like that, or or Katzenberg writes the memo about we should stop making blockbusters. It's a fool's game to do this kind of stuff. But no one ever seems to actually take that advice. Yeah. Um, for any length of time, um, which is you know weird, but that's how it is. It's yeah. It's the. Why did this movie sing to you on a diff level? The thing about <laughs> that, the, okay, there's the link if you can pull it up. It. The, um, yeah, it's it's really is. It's just this movie. There's Aww. so many things this movie could have been, and it it just isn't. And how is it? How does it miss on so many levels? How do so many people with clear talent and track records of and good crafts, work, yeah, you know, the ability to craft? How does this get through a system of all those filters? And just be this, yeah. You know, it's, it's like what, what, what are we missing? What are we missing about the process about that made this? You know, it's that, like it's like they say you can't polish a turd, and yet, first of all, the Mythbusters, but these Mythbusters people tried. Pers- they, prove they, that you could. Prove you could. And they, but but when it goes through the process with all of those people, it's like they polish it so hard, <laughs> you can't even recognize it's a turd anymore. <laughs> like it's just all the corners and everything is just or polished. Do, right or away. there's so many polishers, they turn something into a turd. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is it? Is there? A, is there a different dynamic there? It's like you could take a beautiful work of art, and if you polish it too hard, you just. T- just turns to shit. Yeah, polish Michelangelo's David hard enough, and it just becomes this lump. <laughs> it's of marble. It becomes sand. It's, yeah. it's uh, inexplicable. So we're still looking for the uh, the the universal uh, quote here, but uh, but yeah, it's it's you know, and and is, is as, it a, is as it fashionable as this, like Lindelof, but I don't you know, I, Harrison Ford was you know was there too, and sure, someone so was Steven Spielberg, it. and you know, someone could have it, and it's like again, this there's this weird concept that people have of. You know, because a, a screenwriter wrote it down, then you know it came to the set, and they were like, "This sucks," but I guess we got to do it. I mean, that's exactly how it doesn't work, right? You know, uh, and every screenwriter can tell you that. So here we go. So his here here his remarks. Is, okay, now, let's, about, let's 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 preface this. This is Meyer, and who is what is his actual title? Uh, uh, President Ron Meyer, President <laughs> and Chief President Operating and Officer, and CEO of Universal, of Universal Studios, Studios. COO, COO, C- COO so Chief, um, Chief uh, Operating so, Officer. So he's saying Scott Pilgrim, I think, was actually kind of a good movie, but none of you guys went, and you didn't tell your <laughs> friends to go, but you know it happens. 
Cowboys and Aliens didn't deserve better. <laughs> Land of the Lost didn't deserve better. Scott Pilgrim did deserve better, but it just didn't capture enough of the imaginations of people. And it was one of those things where it didn't cost a lot, so it wasn't a big loss. Cowboys and Aliens was a big loss. <laughs> and Land of the Lost was a huge loss. We misfired. We were wrong. We did it badly, and I think we're all guilty of it. I have to take first responsibility because I'm part of it, but we all did a mediocre job and we paid the price for it. It happens. They're talented people. Certainly, you couldn't have, have more talented people involved in Cowboys and Aliens, but it took, you know, 10 smart and talented people to come up with a mediocre movie. It, it just, just happens. happens. That man deserves all the money. <laughs> that man should run Universal I, Studios for a billion, billion years. I don't think so. First of all, he says Scott Pilgrim is a good movie. <laughs> it's not. He says, but, but then he goes. He says Scott Pilgrim should have done better because yeah, people I probably should have. have. I think that's fair. Uh, all right, but I think ultimately, really, people all, are. All you know what? Though, that, the fans that, are happy that it's a cult classic. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, I think all, he, all he's really it. saying is that yeah, sometimes they're shitty and we don't know why <laughs> yeah. it happens. We it's don't like, know well, what to do. Well, that's the it's minimum the, level of competence I want for anybody. He's like, it's okay to not know what the solution to a problem is, but at least recognize consulting horoscopes. Well, yeah, at least acknowledge. The problem and the existence of it. We don't know why, but, but in suck. an ideal world, I would like somebody who understands the problem and has a potential solution. <laughs> well, and as, know, goes, as and opposed not, to no more movies but, that start with C. Brian, you don't, you don't, you don't fully appreciate this, but we live in a post-brave world, <laughs> and we've learned mm. that even Pixar can really kind of screw the pooch. I still need to see Brave, so I'll, <laughs> well, well, it's not going to do that. any wonders for your outlook. But, yeah, uh, but I, I agree with I agree with Mr. Meyer. It's like sometimes ten really super talented people can get together and just put out a piece of shit, and and that's you know that's okay. It's actually that's, kind of liberating if you think about it. That's the thing. That's it's okay. It's like you know, it's like it, you equate that to like yeah, well, you know that famous baseball player who got a home run every time he went to bat. Hmm. Who never existed <laughs> yeah. because that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, there's that fa- the famous parable of the guy who goes to his psychiatrist or whatever, and he's he's, afra- he's afraid of failure or whatever, and so he goes, okay, go up and look Babe Ruth's uh, uh, batting average, and he goes and he he finds that it's point five whatever it is, which means that he hits half the times he went to bat, and, mm-hmm. and so he goes back and he goes, yeah, the point is even Babe Ruth, amazing Babe Ruth, <laughs> struck out or didn't hit the ball half of the times he tried. And that's well, yeah. you know, and that's thing, fine. Whenever I feel like an idiot or a failure, I just go, "Hey, remember that time that Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg made a movie and it was awesome?" <laughs> <laughs> this has been yeah. down in front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter down in front. Facebook down in front. Show emails at downinfrontshow at gmail dot com. Email downinfrontshow at gmail dot com to register on the forum because it's a fucking awesome forum and the conversation's great. The people are good. We have fun community projects and it's cool shit all the time. Show off your shit. You'll get a banner. It's stupid. Anyway, uh, give us money, please. Buy our shirts. And uh, Holden Hill designed and maintained the website. He's a sexy, sexy man with a cigar. And if you go to the forum and type in colon pimp colon, you get a picture of uh, Holden with a cigar. <laughs> That's a feature, not a bug. What's up? My name is Ted Christie. Brian Fester. My Scott. What just happened? He's been know. down in front. Thank you much for listening. Good night, good night. Bite, 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 bite. I'm going I'm to hey, I'm gonna go over there and punch you and bite you. Can you imagine Kubrick's Cowboys and Aliens? <laughs> <laughs> Because I can't. I can't at all. No. Uh, yeah. Like he's calling, he'd be calling up you know, the, the comic book author. Do you think there are really aliens in this yeah. movie? Because I don't think there are real aliens. <laughs> I think it's just the cowboys. I think it's in their minds. <laughs> yeah. Or Michael Bay would be like, no, they're mutants. <laughs> yeah. Trendsinyourhead.com.